Exactly. Earlier this season, Charlie said, hey, I've watched a lot of nature documentaries on the Beeb. And did you know that the polar bears are the Einsteins of the bear community? <laughs> Does that make you an expert? Apparently. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, what's your favorite bird? <laughs> I'm partial to robins. What? <laughs> so, I, you know, every time I see one, I'm like, hey, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I also like, I like a lot of birds. Uh, this is a hot topic for you. I like blue jays. I feel like most birds are not, I want to say, they're a-holes. <laughs> I like blue jays. I like parrots. Yeah. I like flamingos. I would say that my next favorite, I've never seen a kiwi, but when I look at them, I love them. Kiwis okay. are cute. I just like, I have a kinship with birds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like their heads are the perfect size to kiss. <laughs> but I've never kissed a bird. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, but I want to. Because I don't think they're particularly clean. Like, yeah. No, like for sure you're not supposed to. COVID aside, I don't think they're clean. Yeah. Just like their heads are the perfect size and they look soft. Mm. They do look soft. I mean, you know, there are other animals with similar sized heads that are also soft. Yeah, name five well, <laughs> hamsters gerbils any kind of rodent basically and you know small dogs my dogs are pretty small i'm I'm like cats kittens are they i guess they would be cleaner than birds than free roam free range birds you know yeah i would say that you couldn't get avian flu yeah well i mean go go catch a free range bird (laughs) well maybe someone's pet bird yeah yeah Yeah. i've known a handful of people who've had pet birds in my life and again they were all real jerks (laughs) Yeah. yeah, we had a pet birds when I was a kid. They were awful. They're real full of themselves, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, they've got an attitude. Like, they're the yeah. Karens of the animal world. <laughs> they totally are. <laughs> and my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old writer and artist from beautiful, post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter, at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. My favorite bird is the one I live with. What? It's, it's Robin. Oh, Wow. That's your favorite type of bird. You. That's not a type. What's your favorite species of bird? This is such a boring answer, but I love pigeons. I mean, yeah, no. They're kind of rainbowy though. They They're have, pretty. Like, they are really pretty. If like you get like I used to take pictures of them in Chicago and like they've got like a rainbow, like that oil slick color thing if you look up close. Exactly. Also, like they're super resilient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they so can true. literally survive anything. I think pigeons are neat. Mm-hmm. That's my hot Love take it. on birds. Did you ever watch um the Animaniacs cartoons in like the nineties? 2000s. Yeah, the pigeon characters were my favorites. Yeah, they're so cute. That's it. That's what I got for you. And our guest this episode is Kim. Yay! Um, so I'm Kim. I'm 33 years old. I live in the suburbs of Tennessee. By day, you can find me hunched over a keyboard analyzing medical billing and coding. By night, I'm a maker, baker, sewer, artist, or whatever craft project my ADHD brain has latched onto that week. I like found families and protagonists that act tough and cool, but are secretly made of pudding because I too am made of pudding. Um, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at kthro, K-T-H-R-O. My favorite bird is an emu. I think that's a bird, right? They lay eggs because they're really 
They're just, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a that's bird. Definitely a bird. Uh, they have absurd proportions. Like you know what I mean? Like they're a joke. Like they're yeah. they have long legs, very long necks, kind of small heads, giant bodies. They're fat. They have wings, but like I don't think they can fly. They're really uh, fast. Like you can ride no, them. No, I don't think so either. I think they're also known for being again kind of jerks. Like I don't know. Mostly they just look ridiculous. Speaking of no flying birds, penguins. Oh. Uh-huh. Love penguins. My Emo, emus penguins. are like a parody of a bird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we had Kim on for our end of season, no, middle of season two roundtable. Yes. yes. Um, but it's been a while, so I'm glad that we got you all introduced again. But could you remind everybody like what your sort of like relationship with the show is? Yes. So I watched the pilot. Back in 2018, um, like full disclosure, I went in like planning to hate watch it <laughs> because I was right. like, this is going to be terrible and ridiculous and like my life is terrible. So I'm just going to do this to myself. Um, but then like, <laughs> uh, I, did, I didn't immediately love it, but like maybe six episodes in, like around the moth, I was like, okay, so I kind of care about these characters. How dare they do this to me? Right. Um, and then I basically just went along for the ride. But yeah. It was not a great year in my life personally. So it was just like coming home and watching Lost every night was like my therapy to like not think about real life and just care about someone else's problems. It was nice. I love that. And so who are some of your favorite characters? Uh, I know you have like one in particular that's like a hot take that you're like known for, at least in my brain. Yeah. Well, go to my grave. Um, Michael was like my first immediate fave. He's just, Mm -hmm. he's such a good dude and he cares so much. In a show of terrible parents and so many daddy issues, he is a solid good dude. Yep. yep. And like he tries so hard and everyone at every turn is like, no, you don't get to be a good dad. (laughs) So I love Michael, even though, mm, you know, hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I love almost all the women. Like, Julia and Kate are probably my next two faves. But mm-hmm. I also love, like, Hugo's great. Jin is great. Yeah. I love that. Today we have more to say about episode 312 of Lost, Par Avion. I'm like, I know that it's French, so it's probably, like, Par, Par Avion. Avion. But, like, how pretentious does that right. <laughs> sound? I have no interest in pronouncing French correctly. Yeah. I'm... I'm a uh, born and raised Canadian. Mm-hmm. Right. From Alberta. Yeah. Don't Canadians like have like. We have a built in thing. Pretty divisive feelings about that though. Cause like, you know, yes. Quebec, Quebec, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, a like, whole thing. It is like, it's like a whole stupid rivalry, which is, it, it's actually like kind of a joke, but um, <laughs> I never learned French because I lived in the States in right. the years that we were supposed to learn French. So I actually don't know how any of it is pronounced for real. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you lived in the United States at some point. Yeah, I lived in the States. Do you have dual citizenship? Uh, no, I lived in the States for four and five. My mom was there on a student visa. Oh, okay. So I went to grades four and five at a Catholic school. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you're like, welcome here. Let's make it count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I lived in Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Most of the high schools here, you can take, you have to take some kind of foreign language for, I think, at least two years. Most of them do Spanish or French. I took Spanish, but, like, I can only speak kitchen Spanish, so. Mm -hmm. I think Spanish is a more useful language in North America. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh... I definitely did learn French. I feel like I... I don't hate any French Canadians 
personally. No. But well, like the principle is to hate the French Canadians as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. But I don't actually no. hate them. It's just for fun. I hate the Bloc Québécois. Mm. I hate them for the bigots that they are. I'm sorry. What? What was that? Can you say yeah. that again? <laughs> the Bloc Québécois is like this borderline right wing political party that mm-hmm. runs Quebec. Okay. And like, they're such dicks that they've banned any and all facial coverings that have to do with religious symbolism. What? So if you're Muslim. How is that like legal? I don't understand. Yeah. They're um, deeply bigoted, which is why I hate them. And the people of Quebec keep electing them. So we have beef. Do better. Come on, guys. Exactly. The bar is so low. Um, so, yeah, I just call it Par Avion, and that's just going to have to be how it is. I mean, yeah, sounds um, right so to me. Par, <laughs> Par Avion <laughs> is French for by way of air, um, and it's used to designate airmail, so you can sometimes see it like as a stamp and stuff. Uh, it'll say Par Avion, uh, especially in, in Canada. You, you work at a postal place. You would know this. I do. So it's sort of like the airmail that is sent by Charlie and Claire, and Avis is the Latin word for bird, so that's where Avion, I think, came from in French is it being air is because uh I mean I would assume you know birds and uh and the sky Robin I'm learning a lot today thank you there you go yeah, yeah. um it was broadcasted on uh, March 14th 2007 mm-hmm. and it was written by Christina M. Kim and Jordan Rosenberg and it was directed by Paul Edwards so. we love an episode written by women one woman I think absolutely I mean, it makes sense that this one's written about women like so much mom material yep and there is like several spots in which I'm like, does this pass the Bechtel test? Does this pass the Bechtel test? There are several. I thought about it when I was watching it because yep. I saw that in the notes. And I, there's definitely yeah. at least two for sure and a couple others that are debatable. Yep. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but, like, Kate and Rousseau have a conversation, but then they start talking about Jack. Yeah, but, like, mm-hmm. and then And then Son and Claire have a conversation about their moms, mm-hmm. but at one point she mentions Jin. Right. So I'm like, does this count? And then Claire has a monologue to her mom at the end, but does that count as a conversation? Right. I would say that the Bechdel test was, it, it's not supposed to be as strict as this. Yeah. Right. It's that the scene isn't supposed to revolve around a romantic relationship where it would be about a man. You can mention a dude mm-hmm. and it still not be about them. Right, exactly. The point is that like the conversation is not about them. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I deeply want to give it to the Claire and Son conversation. Oh, so God. I think yeah. you just should. I think that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Son has like my runner up favorite line in that conversation. Oh, good. (laughs) So some fun facts that I found on Lostpedia about this. Um, Par Avion, and I I do have a couple of spoiler fun facts as well, so stay tuned to the spoiler spoiler section for that part. Um, But Par Avion is the only Claire-centric episode where Aaron doesn't play a part in Claire's actions in flashbacks or real-time events. I kind of love that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is the third Claire-centric episode in as many seasons, so three seasons, to immediately follow a Saeed-centric episode. It's really interesting. In season one, Raised by Another followed Solitary. Uh In um, season two, Maternity Leave followed one of them. Okay. And then this episode, we just had Enter 7-7, and now we have Par Avion. So it's really interesting that a Claire episode always happens after a Saeed episode. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, uh, before Par Avion and the introduction of Carol, who is... um, Claire's mom. Right. Many people had speculated that Lindsay was Claire's mother, like her Aunt Lindsay. Uh, When the cast of Par Avion was released, many assumed since both Lindsay and Christian were on the list that the two of them were Claire's parents. Yeah. So people kind of guessed that Christian was potentially Claire's dad because Lindsay was in it. They knew that it was a 
Claire-centric episode, and the woman who plays Aunt Lindsay here also played Aunt Lindsay in Two for the Road okay. in season two. Um, and so people sort of put together once they saw the cast lists exactly what was happening there, except for um, like they thought they that Lindsay- They had most of it right. Yeah, like, they thought that Lindsay was Claire's mom, but how, I mean, how else? It never occurred to me, and I never suspected that Christian was gonna be Claire's mom, because like, that's just too convenient. Um, right. I thought it was just like, that's like a weird interconnection, like how Sawyer sort of has like the interaction with Jack's dad too. But, yeah. um, but I thought that perhaps that Christian and Lindsay had been, you know, hooking up on the side or something like that. Right, 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 right. Like something in there. Something was like, like, oh no, they're actually siblings. Yeah. Got it. It's Claire and Jack. Yeah. Who's like not Christian and Lindsay. Oh my God. Because no. I couldn't remember. Like in canon, does Jack ever find out that Claire yeah. is okay? Oh. Does it come up? It's been a while since I've <laughs> Me watched just says it <laughs> so loudly. Like just spoil it. Spoil so it. confidently. <laughs> <laughs> my first watch new I finished in August of 2018. And like since then, I've only like rewatched like bits and pieces and like certain episodes that weren't my fame. So I haven't like watched it all the way through again. Yeah. Yeah. So we split up this episode into three parts. Um, the jungle storyline, the beach storyline, and obviously the flashbacks. The B storyline is actually like the Kate and Saeed and Mikhail and Locke and Rousseau thing, which mm-hmm. is funny. It's it's really fun when like the A storyline of the season is kind of like the B storyline sometimes, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, at first I thought, oh, we'll just talk about the beach stuff first. But I thought it would be so weird to like talk about Claire and then talk about something completely different and then talk about Claire again. Right. So we're going to do um the jungle storyline first and since this is our first episode back since our mid-season round table um we decided we are going to start doing our summaries differently we're going to be doing our summaries more similar to the way that we do it on our other podcasts um it's easier and i feel like it's probably a little less redundant as well so yeah we did have a redundancy problem um so yeah uh what do you are you not gonna do the like robin spit up like a chipmunk thing anymore yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope nobody's too disappointed about this. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> if you are, join our Patreon and let me know. <laughs> You'll record idiot. two of them. One for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll speed it up on the uh, for the Patreon Discord and uh, and you can have that. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to do my summary of the uh, jungle storyline. Uh, here we go. Woohoo! Saeed looks at his map and sees that they are two miles from where they're headed. Locke says it might not be accurate. They argue about how Locke just blew up the flame. Locke and Rousseau say we should kill Mikhail, but Saeed and Kate don't want to. They keep going. Later, Kate and Danielle fill up their water bottles. Kate asks why Danielle hasn't asked about Alex, and Danielle says that Alex won't remember her at all and she doesn't want to know about her yet. Afterward, Kate asks Mikhail a bunch more questions about how travel to and from the island happens. Mikhail mentions a list and that Kate isn't on it. Saeed tells him to stop pretending he knows them. Mikhail proves that he kind of does, almost letting out that Locke was in a wheelchair, but they found the sonar fence, which is what Saeed saw on his map. There's no way around it, so what will they do? Can't go under it, can't go around it, gotta go over over it. Locke pushes Mikhail forward and through it. He starts convulsing and collapses to the ground dead. Locke's like, oops, my B. Kate is pissed, but Locke is sure that he wouldn't have been traded for Jack anyway. Basically, we all need to communicate better. Totally justifies murder. <laughs> Just yeah. straight up. Oops, my me. Cool motive, still murder. Like, exactly. Locke is so much this episode. They're going to cut down a tree. They're going to cut down a tree to go over it. Uh, Locke has the axe in his bag, and he also has some C4 from the flame, which he said that he didn't know about. Mm-hmm. But then he did know about it, so what's the truth there? You're looking mm-hmm. mad sus, Locke. Mm-hmm. 
once the tree idea is in place, Kate volunteers to go first. She does so with ease and everyone else follows. They make it to the barracks where everyone is living happily. They see Jack running toward <laughs> them, but he's not running away. He's playing football with Mr. Friendly. And honestly, it seems like he's having a great time. Like just growing out with your homies. Yeah, just hanging out. So, yeah. I think this this the storyline, this storyline in particular ending with Jack playing football mm-hmm. is so funny to me. It's, yeah, just like the, the scene of him like tossing the football down like it's so like cringe funny you're just like oh god yeah <laughs> yes. like, but it's so fun to see him having a good time and yeah. i think that's like so foreign to, to jack and Locke and kate who are looking at it too it's like wait is he like having fun i remember in season one when he was like golfing and they were like i i gotta see this or whatever and now he's out here playing football and it seems like he's actually genuinely enjoying himself right yeah it's like not I, only are you like making friends with the enemy but like jack doesn't have fun you're not a fun having guy yeah exactly who are you go brood on the beach what you don't have any responsibilities right jack is it honestly seems like he's never had fun a day in his life yeah no obviously we're gonna get to this when we get to like all of the endings of all of the the storylines but what i love about this episode is that the ending of the episode has a banger ending for all three Mm storylines like we start with the ending of the flashbacks which is with that like heartbreaking monologue from claire to her mother and then the like little monologue about the of the letter that claire wrote that charlie reads out and she says she won't like give up on him and then we have like that reveal that jack is like just living in dharmaville just hanging out and uh just like three completely banger endings to each uh each each storyline yeah like you get like the satisfying like emotional like heart pangs of the other two but then you also get like the dun, dun, dun action yeah oh so good <laughs> so good so um let's start with the jungle storyline um so first of all saeed's looking at the map and he finds that whatever he was looking at before it's two miles away and Locke's like i don't know if that map is the most accurate mm. and saeed's like oh yeah because your stick is more trustworthy right right listen we've been following our stick forever you? i found a new new thing and now i want to follow this please i mean it's not a stick i have yeah. feelings about that stick why <laughs> I lo- well because i love echo so much and i will mm-hmm. never be over it and also yeah. like john Locke doesn't even deserve to be carrying that stick around because mr echo would never behave the way he's behaving and it's just that's so that's, that's so fair true. it's just like you don't deserve it <laughs> That's actually a really fair criticism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he's like, well, listen, my stick or whatever, like, got us to the station. So at least there's that. And so he's like, you blew up the station, though. Like, then you blew up the station. Like, it got us there. And then you immediately torched it. Saeed's like, nothing you do makes any sense right now. He's like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally, Locke is saying, my bad. Mm -hmm. For real, though. Literally. Like, the, um... (sighs) God, well, this comes a little bit later when they're in the sonar, but like when he's talking about like the C4, it's like, well, I stand corrected. And like that reminds me a lot. I think it's a later episode, but it's not like really a spoiler. But when Ben has the line where he's just like, I lied. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's what that line reminds me. I'm like, cool. So you just don't care at all. <laughs> right yeah yeah he's like yeah i don't know remorse don't know her (laughs) exactly most of the time i feel like i deeply do like understand Locke. like not Mm -hmm. i don't i don't necessarily relate to him but like i can understand what he's doing yeah you understand Um, his motivation yeah but he's but he's like i don't want to say villainous in this episode i mean something's going it's different he's unhinged yeah Yeah, he something has happened yeah. And uh I'm trying to think of what it what it what it was that was kind of the the catalyst for that. Right. Like cuz he he's gone way off the deep end. Yeah, yeah. 
But he's like, oh, I didn't know it had C4 in it. And, you know, later we learn that he totally did know that. Um, but even if he didn't, I would kind of expect that to be something that Saeed and Kate had said, like, before Nightfall last episode. Right. Or, like, would have told him. But also, like... But I guess, like, they couldn't have or else this storyline would have happened. What is the need for him to lie? Like, it's just so, exactly. like, unnecessarily shady. <laughs> I wonder if it's literally just because, like, he knows that Sa- that Saeed wouldn't approve of what he did. And he, like, is trying to not have a fallout with Saeed. Like, like, a, like, a bigger one than Listen, you. be consistent. Like, you just pushed a man to <laughs> his death. And you're like, yeah. whatever. But also, I don't want Saeed to know that I blew it up on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they're like, well, why won't Mikhail just tell us? And Mikhail's like, oh, yeah, good job. Yeah, no, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Everything's fine. Great work. Yeah. I love him. And Rousseau, like, totally agrees. He's like, he, he has no value. I don't know why we're keeping him. Because he's not going to be traded for Jack. Like, there's no way they care enough about this random guy to give away their doc, Like, their only doctor, because we keep killing their doctors. But, like, is that their their real goal like are they hoping to use him as a marketing chip or are they using him to like try and get to the others like physically i think it's both i think saeed is using him to get to the others i think kate wants to use him as a bargaining chip okay you should know better though like yeah and then Locke and Rousseau don't care and want to just kill him Mm-mm. like okay he's not a great person but like i mean he has value and he's a human life i mean let's not right. just murder him and yeah. kill him and kate exactly. is not into the idea of of killing him so they're like okay we'll just keep going you know it's like two against two right now mm-hmm. but one of the two is that we keep somebody alive and the other one is we do something completely irreversible that we can't take back right so it makes sense that we are doing the one we're doing the keep him alive one right you know if yeah. like we can't agree we're gonna do this one. there's not a downside to keep him alive right now like he's under your control yeah yeah like he's literally in chains right yeah um so later Danielle and Kate are filling up their water bottles and Kate's like hey it's weird that you haven't asked about Alex at all um and Danielle's like do you care about Jack and I'm like why are we talking about Jack right at what point did I consent to hearing about also like that's a false equivalence (laughs) like one is your daughter who got stolen from you (laughs) the other one's like a guy she's known a couple months yeah like guy she's known a couple that's exactly it though i mean like they've been through a lot in those couple months i get it three months is a long time ha 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 but like uh especially to her well yeah Mm -hmm. to her and not that kate doesn't care about him but again it's your literal child yeah (laughs) exactly like that you've been looking for for over a decade (laughs) so danielle's like yes these two things are equivalent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so she's like do you care about jack and kate's like uh yeah I guess. What about uh, him? Oh my god, I wasn't gonna. Ooh, I mean, I, you're really putting me on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> I guess I do. Um, and she's like, "Well, imagine in 16 years, um, you know he's alive, but he's not gonna remember you, and he wouldn't know you ever cared about him." And like, once again, kind of a, a hard uh, thing to to put together because your daughter doesn't know you because she's never known you, and it's like, what happened to Jack to make him forget me? Because he's a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. I told you that your daughter was living with them. And you haven't asked me a single question about her. You haven't... Your friend, Jack, you care about him? Yes? Imagine 16 years from now, you're told he was still alive. But in your heart, you know that he wouldn't remember you. He wouldn't know you. He wouldn't even know that you ever cared about him. 
I haven't asked you questions about my daughter. Because I do not want to know the answers. I don't think it's that she doesn't ever want to know. I think it's that she wants to, like, learn about who she is herself. Yeah. She doesn't want to know about the things that, like, she wasn't there for. That would just bring her more pain, I guess, would be my... Those are just hard conversations to have. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, Kate, I don't know you like that. Right. Like, I think the thing for her is, like, she's alive. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, she's like, I want to learn the things that I need to learn from myself. Yeah. When I see her. Still breaks my heart a little bit, though. Like, poor Rochelle. Oh, for sure. Like... I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, any, like, a parent that cares is better than, like, no parent that, like, Alex should know. And it's not like you gave her up. She was stolen. But then I was like, is it more unkind to tell Alex, hey, the father figure is only a parent you've ever had. He also, like, stole you. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, mm, At least she Alex doesn't win. like him, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. No, I know. But, like, he's the only parent she's ever known. And she already knows he's not a great dude. But, like, yeah. To also know that, like, he stole her from having a mom, basically. I'm like, does Alex know that Ben's not her actual dad? I don't know. Is it ever really made clear in canon? I don't no. know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. That, it's, that that she ever, like, is like, oh, wait, so you're not my real dad? Exactly. I don't think we ever have a moment like that. I mean, it's fair. Like, she could not know, like, because she was an infant when she was, mm-hmm. you know, abducted. Yeah. It's entirely possible she never finds out. Yeah. Also, like, it's kind of weird, the motives of, like, I still don't totally understand why they abducted Alex. Like, because you thought Russo was going to be a bad parent? Like, what are, are you DHS? What's happening? Like, are you DHS? like why are you so concerned? Like, what's your game there in stealing, like, I, unless it's like a, like a hostage situation where, like, you don't mess with us and we won't kill your baby. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's actually a really good question. Yeah, so the sort of answer that we end up getting for that, and I don't think this is a, a huge spoiler. I'm going to be super vague about it. But, like, basically they are going to kill Rousseau. Mm. And someone, I'm not going to say who, advocates for stealing the baby so that we're not killing a baby. But then they don't kill Russo, so I'm not sure what the deal is. Right. But that's, like, kind of the answer that we end up getting. Is that, like, we are going to kill Russo, but we don't want to kill this baby, so we'll steal the baby. Man, the the ethics and morality of the characters on this show are a real mess sometimes. (laughs) So, in the scene immediately following this, Kate, like, offers the water that she just got to Mikhail but he doesn't want it and I'm like dude and and I think that this is true I was I was about to be like bro are you trying to kill yourself like it's so hot there and you're going to but he is he is he he asked for like Saeed to kill him right uh, oh, yeah. last episode I think he's like clue he's already resigned himself to like he's gonna die so he has yeah. no care right like I think Locke says later this episode he's like he killed one of his own people so that they wouldn't be in this situation he would rather die than be in this situation right now which is a little dire yeah yeah. Yeah. So Kate's asking, okay, how did you get here? And Russo's like, I don't know why we're asking him because he's just going to lie. And he was very truthful last episode. I mean, he's been truthful pretty much from the beginning. Right. But then he starts going on about how he was recruited when he was 24 and how he's approached by a man. This is a totally different story than he told last episode. But was it like, I mean, it's still like shades of the same story, right? Because he saw like the newspaper ad that was quote unquote recruiting people, which I still maintain like the kind of people who would respond to this kind of ad are not the kind of people you want in that position. Yeah. It's like people who run for office like have to have a little bit of an ego because they, to do that, to think you should be that person. It's like, you don't want the person right. who's like, I'm going to be a superhero and save the world. I'm like, mm, yeah. 
I don't want you to have that kind of power and control. Yeah, you want the underdogs. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it is a slightly different story than he told last episode. And apparently, like, Damon and Carlton, I think, said on, like, a, on like the official Lost podcast that the story that he told last episode was the truth. Mm-hmm. So that makes me think that this part is potentially just, like, a slight lie. Because, probably because Rousseau said he's gonna lie. And he was like, well, why not? Yeah. Lying for fun. <laughs> Yeah. What else are you going to do in the middle of the jungle with a bunch of people? Play mind games. It's the best. Yeah. And Kate's like, <laughs> Kate's like, listen, I didn't ask when. I asked how. I didn't, I don't care about the details. Just tell me like what transportation system you used. Exactly. To do this. And he mm-hmm. said, I took the submarine, which we have heard about before. We've heard about this already. And then you cut to Locke, whose eyes like get as big as dinner plates. He's like, did someone say submarine? Submarine? submarine and then don't mind if i way to tee up an arc like a submarine Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, this sort of, like I said, I don't really want to use the word villainous, but this sort of, like, more anti-hero than usual lock, uh, this episode is, like, bringing him up towards how he's going to act for the rest of the season. Yeah. I would argue this is, like, chaos lock. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's usually more lawful. Well, that's the thing is, like, he's become really, like, tunnel vision, and, like, that's completely clouded his judgment. He's just like, anything justifies the means. (laughs) Like... Yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree. And you're like, what are you, Jack? <laughs> Pretty much. He's like, listen, this is my destiny. Like, if anything happens, well, you know, destiny. I was like, you can't just throw that out as a trump card for everything, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a catch-all excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm special in destiny, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm special in also destiny, so you can't talk to me, actually. Mm-hmm. You think you know more than destiny? Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? <laughs> And so Kate's like, oh, so you guys can just, like, come and go whenever? And Mikhail's like, "Um, like, kind of, but, like, two weeks ago our calm stopped. And so if you leave, you can't really come back. Um, And she's like, well, why would you want to come back? And he's like, you don't understand. And I'm like, Kate, you want to come back because if you just go, then they lose their submarine. Then Then they don't have a submarine anymore. If someone wants to go, they can go, but you need to bring it back so that we still have a submarine. Do they really? I mean, in general, like, no one leaves the other the one because, like, Ben's like, uh, no, I don't think so. He's like, you shall not pass. But, right. I mean, other than Richard, no one really leaves, right? Exactly. Right. I think what happens is they leave to bring more people exactly. back. Exactly, yeah. It's not like, a, oh, I can come and go, like, whenever I please. Like, this is like, I'm going on a vacay. I'll be back later. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, oh, why would you want to come back? And I'm like, because they need a summary. Yeah. Then they just won't have one. It's, it serves a purpose. But also because we live here. like, Right. <laughs> and the island is special and you can't understand because you're not special. Right, exactly. Like, he doesn't actually say any of that, but he's like, oh, you wouldn't get it. And she's like, try me. And he's like, no, no, you're not capable. Your tiny pea brain and wouldn't understand. And it's like, what is this, a man on the internet? Yeah. Right. I also don't like, why do you think and like maybe he's not lying as far as he knows why do you think he says that kate's not on the list Ooh, that's a great question because this is the second time someone has said that like they said shepherd wasn't on the list and they said kate wasn't on the list i'm like they both absolutely were who told mikhail who was on the list ben yeah ben? i definitely like, wanted to i definitely want to talk about this later in the spoiler like, session okay. because uh yeah yeah i think that ben, like i don't know ben you can always just assume he's full of it, but like, also, what are your motives and why? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
But he's like, yeah, your your tiny little baby pea brain wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked your joke about um him being a man on the internet because like ultimately he worked at the flame and so he kind of was like the only man on the internet on the whole. Oh my god, on the whole island. <laughs> he's a guy hanging out in his bunker slash basement by himself on a computer. Yeah, he's like the guy trying to mansplain Westworld to someone, and I'm like, no, it's it's not that deep. Yeah, no. But Kate just keeps asking these questions, and Saeed's like, bro, who cares? <laughs> I don't know. I like, do you want to walk through the jungle in silence? Like, what? Are you, what's the alternative? That's what I've been saying. Exactly. I've been saying they just walk for two full days. What do you guys think about? No, they play that like I'm going on a trip and I'm bringing bananas and crackers yeah. and like they play that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what else were they supposed to do except talk? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think that I also think that just Kate loves asking questions. She yeah. did the same thing to Carl in like Stranger in a Strange Land. Well, she's um, a deeply curious person. Yeah, and she like she wants to have all the information so that she can like make the best decisions. Yeah. And so Mikasa starts talking about how the man who brought him here was a magnificent man, and he's you know he's a true believer and follower of Jacob, which I think is funny. I think we talked like, a little bit about this last episode, but he yeah. hasn't spoken to Jacob. He hasn't seen Jacob. Like everything he knows about Jacob has to have been like. Something that Richard or Ben most likely has told him, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, exactly. yeah. how uh, the uh, fact that Ben has gotten an entire like cult worth of people to just believe in Jacob without Jacob having ever spoken to them, like, mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah, and uh, and cult is the perfect word for that. Yeah, I think when did we talk? We talked about that recently. Like, what the- it's just like because he seems like he fully believes he it. Like, like that. Cult. Like, yes, you can argue. Like, everyone experiences like some weird things happen on the island to like make them believe that it's magic mm-hmm. or special. But like, how, you, how do you even know about Jacob? Yeah, like I think that he probably only knows because like Ben uses him as like his reason to justify anything or get people to do what yep. he wants. For sure, he definitely does. And I think that's something that we can kind of already glean, even though we don't, like, we've only really heard his name a couple of times. Yeah. Is, like, guessing that, like, he's used as some sort of, like, chip to get people to do stuff. Yeah, like, it's, you know, the it's a religion. greater good argument. Yeah. Right. I also want to talk about um, this more in the spoiler section, because, like, I've got yeah. more questions about Ben and Jacob. Like, I just, I don't understand plot mechanics here. Like, yeah. <laughs> And so Kate's like, well, how, why is Ben so special if, like, he needed Jack's help? And Mikhail's like, bruh. It's not, not Ben. ben. <laughs> yeah. That guy? No. He wishes he was special. <laughs> so he, he really says, does. I mean, yeah. You're not on the list because you're flawed. And he says that to Kate. And then he says angry to Locke. And then he says weak and frightened. And I can't tell if he's talking to Saeed for both of those or if he's talking to Saeed and Rousseau for weak and frightened. I would say. I, mean, I don't think Saeed is weak or frightened. Yeah, exactly. I think Locke is definitely angry. Though. Oh, yeah. I think Locke spends his life angry. He's got a chip on his shoulder, like, as big as that foot statue. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I don't blame him. He's the most tragic character of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, whenever you're like- No, not entirely. Like, I get it, but also, like, I just don't love it that this is what- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because it's like, sometimes when you get kind of tired of, like, Locke going to extremes, it's like, but he has the most to lose 100% of the time. I also, like, it makes me mad because, like, what he's saying is not necessarily untrue. Like, Kate is a flawed person, but, like, so? Like, that's, everyone is flawed. Like, Yeah, who's perfect? Has Ben told them that, like, the goal is to be a perfect person? That's what Jacob wants? And, like, I don't know, like, wouldn't, I don't know. I feel like people who are willing to admit that they're flawed are much better people, probably, than people who are like, I've never done anything bad in my life. Mm -hmm. Which... 
I agree with, but it depends on what Jacob's morality is. Yeah. And whether or not Jacob believes that. Right. Like, you think that he would want someone who, like, understands the full scope of, like, human emotion and, like, people's value regardless of, like, X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Saeed's like, bro, you don't know us. Like, stop acting like you know us. Um, and Mikhail's like, oh, you're totally right about that. And, full- and just recites their full names. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you're right. I don't know you, Saeed. Huge power move, to be honest with you. I don't know you, Kate. He's like, all right. Didn't realize you had, like, a f***ing phonographic memory or whatever. <laughs> like, did you memorize it? Do you not have hobbies? There's not a lot of reading material in that cool bunker. I, I do think that it is implied that, like, they have all these information on it because of Mikhail. Like, um, they had that huge file on Jack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they get that from Mikhail. He's the one who has, like, access to the outside world. Right. So it makes sense that he would have all this information. I'm just impressed he hasn't memorized. Right. He had nothing else to do. And then he's like, I know Locke, though, but you must be a different Locke because you're not in a wheelchair. Where he says, like, I, the Locke I know is paralyzed, but he gets inter- interrupted before he can say that, which is good because it's a secret. Mm-hmm. That's still a massive secret. Yeah. And, and Locke and Mikhail sort of have like this like standoff where they kind of like have a sort of stare off Mm -hmm. and honestly I think this is the moment where Locke decides I'm gonna kill you probably yeah because now you're like a you're a threat you can't expose me yeah exactly he has to protect that secret at all costs he's fully willing to throw him in harm's way why does he not want them to know like does he think that Kate will think he's crazy (laughs) like clearly he can walk (laughs) like I mean, yeah, that's but, so true. That's kind of possible. I don't know. Like, you think he would, if you're trying to convince everyone we should all stay on this island because it's very special and I'm clearly special, like, that's only going to help you. Exactly. That's just more evidence. Yeah, that really makes his case for him. Like, yeah, I landed here and now I can walk, you guys. Did anything yeah. special happen to you? No. I think it seems to me that, like, whenever we sort of get flashbacks of Locke when he was in his wheelchair, he is just, like, so beaten down Mm. and I don't want to say like embarrassed or anything yeah I think but like so um like weak and he doesn't want people to see him as weak because that's almost sort of like a connotation that you get that people think immediately when they see somebody in a wheelchair you know yeah I think that probably is your I'm not saying that's correct or true no no I I was thinking about that like that's probably your right a better motivator because like he doesn't want anyone to see himself as weak and they've only ever known him as like someone who's like very capable and has all these skills and like can walk and as a leader he wants to be able to like command the group and like also the show has some weird things not necessarily the show but mostly Locke about like disability and like being ashamed of it and like how it apparently makes you less of a person and like asking for help and all that stuff Locke has a lot of internalized stuff that I think the writers didn't know that they were communicating that strongly and I think Terry also like played it that way which is that there's a lot of shame around his disability right yeah because like I mean obviously that's not how you should feel but it is I think how Terry played right I don't know Ben's in I don't know if Ben's in a wheelchair yet but like when they go back later and then later episode like that's there's equal like shame around Ben being in a wheelchair to you like Mm Yeah. Right. And and no, you can say that because uh, he just had surgery and we haven't seen him in the wheelchair yet, but I think it's totally fair to say that he like is in a wheelchair for the next few episodes yeah, 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 because yeah. he just had back surgery. Yeah. Like you're, well, now you're vulnerable and you need other people and you have to rely on other people and that makes you not as good of a leader or like it's bad to rely on people. Like it's okay to ask for yeah. help you guys. <laughs> Right. It's truly like really bad messaging because like there's nothing more powerful in this world than like helping someone else. Mm-hmm. 
But this show often portrays it in a very negative light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Rousseau shows up and she found the sonar fence. And they're like, okay, well, here we are. Like, this is what was on Saeed's map. And he was hoping that it was like, the thing that he found was like the actual, yeah. all the houses. Yeah. But it turns out that the houses are like inside of this fence. So they need to get over it. Well, good luck with that, Saeed. Right. I wish you I wish you luck. Yeah. I do love, though, that, like, Saeed says, like, hey, this is why I think they are, probably, based on these maps, and also, I'm smart. And Locke's like, yeah, like, how do you know? It's like, bruh, he was, like, in the military for years, and you think he doesn't know about weapons and stuff like that? It's a map! It's a map! Like, I don't understand. It's like, it's not hard to read a map. Sometimes people know things that you don't know, man. It's all right. (laughs) Yeah. Locke's like, if someone knows something I don't know, I am personally offended. Uh, Well, Saeed's a very smart man, so get over it. (laughs) Exactly. So they get to the sonar fence and Kate just immediately starts walking up and Saeed's like, excuse me, are you stupid? Are you, Uh, is this your first day on this show? Yeah. Is this your first day on this earth? I gotta go save my man, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And um, so he's like, um, don't touch that. And to be honest, he really like yanks her around there. But I think, I I mean, I guess it's it's for her safety, you know, but. He's trying to save her life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but she turns around like, bruh, I'm going to have a bruise there later. (laughs) Like he does really yank her around there. Yeah, he does. So they start asking Mikhail about it and he won't say anything. Of course. But Saeed says that he thinks it's a security perimeter and he's right. Um, it's like an alarm or a trap and he's completely right. Um, and Mikhail's like, yeah, yeah, but it's been broken for a while. Cause like, you know, all the things he keeps saying two weeks ago, the sky lit, lit up and all of our things are broken. And you know what? That's true for a lot of things, but not this. Right. Yeah. He's just trying to kill them basically. And it, uh, sort of backfires for him. He just thinks they're stupid enough to just walk in. Like one, they already know that you're a liar or they assume yeah. you're a liar. You think they're just going to yeah. do that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, not his finest plan. Yeah. I mean, but like, he's just like throwing darts at a wall. He's like, I mean, they're either going to walk through and die, in which case, good, or like, whatever. But Mikhail is like, hey guys, just walk through. Like, it's fine. Just walk through. Like, check the map. There's no way around it. Like, you just kind of got to walk through. Um, and Saeed does check the map and, and he is right. And they're like, okay, what are we going to do? And then Locke just pushes Mikhail through. He starts like seizing and bubbling from the mouth. Blood out the ears, collapses. That guy's that guy's gone. This now. is the most like next level. Like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> yeah, like I'll watch it the first time, but every other time I'll probably look away because like it's just it's it's uh, I mean, almost gory. <laughs> it's a totally brutal move of Locke. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And, it's like no hesitation either. Like and no exactly. remorse and no remorse. It's like no remorse. No, like like straight up murder you're not gonna hesitate at all like think about exactly. it exactly and then doesn't feel bad at all like right dude exactly like, Walk, are you okay bud yeah like mikhail is like oh thank you because he like wanted to die this is like a whole whole thing with him but then Locke is kind of like sorry yeah. <laughs> and i'm like Suck. man are we ever feeling destructive lately yeah uh he's in his chaos era yeah like this is like them because i think the show does a good job of this of like showing like you can have multiple people who are a man of faith and like they're expressing that in different ways you know what i mean yes. it's like people have had mass genocides in the name of faith you know what i mean but there's also people who yeah. like helped others in the name of faith and he's just someone who's just like is ruthless and thinks that like destiny and faith justifies any action and i don't have to think exactly. about it because you know it's not cool you're no you're so you're right like he really will justify a lot of things in the name of oh well the island told me to do this or it's for the be- it's for it's, the good of the island right exactly just like but well, it's also like fascinating yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. 
It's always fascinating. It's just like morally faith. Like it's just like faith can corrupt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Locke just keeps being like, oops, I I made a mistake. Well, I didn't know that was going to happen. But both times in the past two times this has happened, he totally knew. And he's just pretending. Also, like you are not a good actor. At all. <laughs> right. He That's how like, good Terry is, though. Yeah. Yeah, Terry's great. No, I love him. It's just Locke's just like, oh, I mean, I guess I'm sorry. But you're not. No, exactly. Like, that's how good Terry is, that he makes Locke look like a bad actor. Yeah, it's kind of like almost like a double agent type thing. Yeah. He's like, I'm such a good actor that I can make my character look like a bad actor. I'm a good actor pretending to be a bad actor. Right. His mind. Yeah. So good. Saeed sort of like looks at Mikhail's body from the other side. He's like, oh my God, his brain like hemorrhaged. Um, And Kate is pissed. She's like, we needed him. And Locke's like, they were not going to trade for Jack. For him? No, they weren't going to do it. And Kate's like, how do you know? And he's like, how do you know they were gonna? Even if they weren't. Murder. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Right. Like, <laughs> neither of you has the information you need. Yeah. Right. So neither of you are right or wrong here. Mm. Like, either way, even if they weren't going to, it was like better strategically for us to have him alive right. than not have him alive. Like, even if you couldn't get Jack for him, like, maybe you could have gotten something else. I don't know. Like, I know you were mad at him, but... <laughs> Like, geez. Is he? Like, I don't know. I mean, most of his interactions with him, Locke was off playing a chess game. (laughs) Right. That's so true. Um, And so, yeah, like I said before, Locke is like, he shot his friend so that they wouldn't be in this position. So, like, sorry. As if he cared about Clue. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you don't care. Well, there was a whole um, thing about, like, I think it was Andrew Divoff who plays me. Kyle said that he played it like like they were in love, like it was a romance. No, 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 no. Not that Mikhail didn't care about Clue, but, like, as if Locke. Gives a crap whether a clue had lived or died. Oh, oh yeah, sure, exactly. sure, yeah, for sure. He's like, well, he killed that woman. I'm like, oh, do you now care about strangers' lives? Right, like- exactly, yeah. <sighs> um, and Kate's like, well, I wish you had asked me. And Locke was like, well, no one asked if we should bring him along. We just did. And I'm like, sure, but- Well, the alternative was to leave him loose. For, for all the reasons we've already said, <laughs> it makes more sense to keep him. Teamwork. It was a smarter move to not, like, leave him out there, like, in the wind, going to go yeah. doing whatever he could. Exactly, and Locke's like, well, I didn't know how the fence worked. I didn't know that he would die. Yeah, okay. Saeed literally just told you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't know. And it's like, well, I mean, make a, a educated guess. Or, or it's like, it couldn't, it can't be good. No. No! Listen, like, this show, Saeed does not get enough respect. Put some respect yeah. on his name. There yeah. are so many times when, like, Saeed says, hey, um, we should probably do this, or this is probably the case, and then everyone's like, no, 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 Then, like, episodes later, guess who was right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's always Saeed. Yeah. Why did you do that? We needed him! They were never gonna trade him for Jack. You don't know that. Well, you don't know it either. What we do know is that he shot one of his own people who didn't want to be in this exact situation. So I'm going to stick with my opinion. Yeah, well, we could have discussed it. Well, nobody asked me about it when we brought him along in the first place. All right. Pardon me for not knowing that they had a, 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 a sonic weapon fence. I didn't know he was going to die. How would I know that? Why are you really here? You here for Jack? Why else would I be here? We'll talk about this later. Fine by me. Just tell me how we're going to go through this. We're not going to go through it. We're going over it. Saeed's like, excuse me, why are you here? Because it does not feel like you're here for Jack, like all of us are. Mm-hmm. And and Locke's like, well, I, why else would I be here? It, it It's so that he can feel special and be like close to the others, exactly. I think. Exactly. Way to answer the question with a question, bud. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So true. You did not answer it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Saeed's like, you know what? Whatever. We're going to talk about this later. So we need to figure out what we're going to do. Kate figures out, hey, we're going to go over. Mm-hmm. So they're going to cut down a tree. So where's the axe? It's with Locke. And Locke's like, ooh, don't touch me, Pack. Don't touch me back, Pack. Hmm, Why? Oh, no, my secrets. My bag of lucky charms. <laughs> and so Saeed grabs it and finds that he also had C4. And um, this sort of reminds me and is like sort of maybe a callback to um, the, the end of season one when they were carrying the dynamite in their backpacks. It sort of reminded me of that. Right. And he's like, oh, I thought you didn't know that there were any. And Locke's like, oopsie. He's, he's looking so suspicious right now. And like this makes it look makes it doesn't make you look any better because like mm. yeah C four can be valuable like what are you thinking the use for that is gonna be like that makes it seem like you are planning for some things to go down like mm. cool it's not even like oh I didn't think about killing someone just like haha casually like no now I'm like planning in advance for when I'm gonna have to kill someone else or blow up something else right it's mad sus and like you're lying to your allies you're right. lying to your friends now. Um, I would stop trusting Locke real quick. I mean, I would have stopped trusting him quite a while ago, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Saeed, like, Saeed has always said, and I think he had, like, a whole storyline with Locke, I think, last season, about how, like, Saeed knows when people are lying. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, it was a whole, like, scenes with Locke about that. Well, yeah, it's like that Um, whole arc with, like, Benry at the time. It's just, like, Saeed knows, like, when he's being manipulated and how to read other people. And Locke does not know when he's being manipulated, which he almost always is right um and he's like well you never know when you might need some like explosives and Saeed's like Psh, whatever guy okay <laughs> so we have Locke chopping the tree down I love how they just watch him work like I know that they're, they only have I know I was gonna say <laughs> they only have the one act I love that I wrote in my notes but like it's <laughs> funny that they're all just kind of like watching and like drinking their water while he works so, yeah, yeah it cuts from like a beach scene directly to them and it's just like all four of them posted around the tree just like yeah you chopped down the tree like, I think it's so funny. Yeah. You deal with this. <laughs> on Lostpedia, um, they mentioned, I didn't count, but on Lostpedia, it said that he hits it eight times. Oh, well, that apparently. would be. So there you go. That's the the, there's, there's a number for you. So they make a bridge over the pylon. I love your little CGI tree. <laughs> I think that the, like, once they actually put it on there, it's not CGI, but like when you have the moment where they're like pulling it over top and you like kind of see it sort of like bob after they've like put it on top of the pylon, very clearly CGI. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, as long as we don't go between, we should be good to go. Mm-hmm. I love that, like, and it's perfect for her character that Kate just like immediately is like, I'll go over first. Yeah, it totally makes like, sense. Like, because no one else was volunteering. It's just great that, like, right after we see Locke, he's like, zero hesitation to risk other people's lives to get something that he wants. Where it's like, Kate's like, zero hesitation to risk her own life to help someone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And Evie, of course, did her own stunts because she loves doing her own stunts. Yeah, she's bad. So, like, yeah, like you said, Kate offers to go first. She totally does get over safely. And Locke says he's going to go next. Immediately goes next. He's like, okay, good. Now that I know I'm not in danger, get out of my way. <laughs> Me next. Right, exactly. exactly. Like, I'll go next. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if I were to guess, I would say it was probably Russo and then Saeed. Um, I think it's totally safe if, like, someone's on the back half, like, holding it down. I don't know how the last person got over, though. Just, like, really carefully. Really? I think I would assume it was heavy enough. That it would hold itself. Really? Oh, you think? Maybe. I would just be so scared that it would, like, roll over. Yeah, I was thinking, like, if it was, like, long enough, even if it's light, like, it wouldn't have gotten high enough up to have been a problem. Right, fair right. enough. I don't know physics, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything about anything. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, and then uh, Kate, like, turns over me, Kyle, and it's like, yuck. Oh, gross. <laughs> and that's that scene. You can't blame her. 
Ew. It's the John Mulaney just mm, clean it up. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so in the last storyline in this, uh, or in the last scene in the storyline, they make it to the barracks. Um, and I guess they just left Mikhail's body there. Yeah. I mean, what else are you Yeah, do? they're like, meh, whatever. We've come a long way from, like, season one where we're like, we have to, like, treat these bodies with respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, uh, well, it's, like, covered in, like, spit and blood, so mm, we don't want to do that. Look, we can't, a lot of people are dying. It's too much of a time, like, assumption to care about this. Yeah, they look and they've got, like, bikes and, like, swing sets and everything, and they see Jack running toward them, and Kate almost, like, yells out for him, but Saeed stops her because for some reason, I mean, I guess if she was, like, just really in the moment at the time, but, like, she really thought they had made it at the perfect time that he was escaping. Like, he was you escaping imagine? in this moment. That would have uh-huh. been amazing. Yeah. But he was just catching a football, you guys. He was having some fun. He was just having a good time. He's just playing with Mr. Friendly. Yeah. They're now, they're best buds now. And then Jack, like, spikes it into the ground as they laugh. He has, like, a little little touchdown. And, like, I guess it's nice to see him having a good time. It sure. definitely is. Why not? Yeah. This is an excellent ending. And it is, like, I love the, like, scary cliffhanger music that's just over Jack playing football. It's like Jack is playing sports. This is <gasps> ominous. It's yeah. a great ending, but I will say, like, I don't know that, like, I didn't have the reaction that, like, they did in the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Give Jack the benefit of the doubt that, like, also, like, as far as you know, Jack said, Kate, Sawyer, you need to go. Leave. I'll stay. I'm sacrificing my life for you because that's what I do as King yeah. Martyr. He's like, don't ever come back King to me. Martyr. I'm making this choice. So, like, if as far as Jack knows, he's going to live there forever. Why wouldn't you make the best of it? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. He didn't want you to come back, Kate. <laughs> he literally, he literally said not to. Kate, right. damn it, run. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Friendly doesn't look like he's very good at playing football. I mean, that checks out. Yeah. 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 All right, so now we're going to do the beach storyline, and uh, I also did the summary for that. Um, so here it is. We open on Claire's eye. She wakes up late because Charlie took Aaron for her and set up a little picnic. When they get over there, Desmond ends up showing up out of nowhere, saying that Charlie should instead go hunting with him. Claire notices some birds flying in the sky and isn't that bothered by not having her picnic with Charlie because she's already gone and run away. She finds Jin and Son and asks for their help to catch a bird so she can attach a letter to its foot. Sawyer also chimes in to remind us that he's not allowed to do nicknames right now. Sucker. Charlie won't help because Desmond totally just told him that if he helps he'll die but he says that he won't help because he thinks Claire's wasting her time which she thinks is rude and I'm inclined to agree yeah <laughs> Claire and Jin set up a net Claire helps son cut up some fish and they discuss their mothers and the life that they wanted for their daughters later they hide in the bushes and almost catch some birds but Desmond shoots off his gun and scares them all away Claire confronts him about how he and Charlie seem to always be secretly plotting he tries to tell her she's reading way too much into things Claire runs to confront Charlie as well, who once again says that he just doesn't think what she saw on the bird's leg might even, like, it might not even be a tracker, and he doesn't want her to have false hope. She tells him to stay away from her and her baby because he's a liar. <laughs> Later, Son and Claire are taking care of Aaron, and Son says it's totally fair for Claire to be upset. They see Desmond and Charlie arguing, and Claire decides to get some answers. She follows Desmond to a cliffside where he finds a bird in a nest for her. She knows that he knew this bird would be here and demands an explanation. He tells her about his visions and how he was saving Charlie's life again. She takes the bird to Charlie and tells him that she knows now and forgives him. They go to release the bird and Charlie reads the note that Claire wrote, which culminates in begging whoever reads it not to give up on them because they're still here and still alive. They let the bird go and Claire promises not to give up on Charlie either. They'll get through this together. 
my heart. It's pretty oh, cute. Man. Honestly, it's like I know that he's mean to her for like a bunch of it, but like one of their best episodes. It's a lot of like Charlie. I don't understand why this is the route you're going with this. Exactly. I'm like, all you need to do is say that you won't help her do that. It doesn't need to be like like say like go do something else. Be busy. So negative and rude. Yeah. You don't, like insult her. Why is that what you chose to do? Exactly. Yeah. So we open on Claire's eye, which of course is like a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really interesting on Lostpedia. It pointed out that Claire uh, in the flashback, we see her opening her left eye. And in on the island, we see her opening her right eye. How do they plan these things? I mean, they, they just you. did it. Uh, they might have just done it. Oopsie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I mean, this is Damon. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, because they're like so so different, I guess. Uh, right now, like her her flashback oh, yeah. self and and her island self are so different um, mm. that maybe that's why they chose to do that. So Charlie like made her this little fruit platter, and he took Aaron so that she could sleep for longer, and he made like this little picnic for her because he knows he's gonna die soon, and he wants to leave her with good memories of him. It's so sweet. Oh, so sad. Also, like this episode. Because Aaron's so, like, not involved. It just makes for a lot of really adorable moments with uh, Auntie Sun and Uncle Jim. Yeah. I I can't handle it. Like, when Sun's, like, playing with Aaron, like, towards the end. And you can, like, see Jim in the background looking at her. I'm just like, my heart can't take it. It's so cute. Uh, Yeah, well, like, um, you know, because I think that's the point in which we see them talking about, um, like, there has been, there's new life, too. And, of course, we're talking about Aaron, but we're also, like, Sun is also pregnant. Right. Right now. And so, like, that also counts as, like, the new life. Like, these two are also going to be parents soon. Mm-hmm. And they're practicing. It's so sweet. <laughs> it's so cute. Claire notices that Charlie's acting differently. Like, he's been pretty depressed. And so it's, like, interesting that he's doing this now. And he's like, well, it's time to seize the day. And there's no one else that I would rather seize some days with than you. And uh, what is all this? An aperitif of mysterious island fruit before the breakfast picnic I have set up in your honor. Short walk down the beach. What's gotten into you, Charlie? Sorry? Just you've been so depressed all week and now it's breakfast in bed and picnics. I woke up this morning I thought it's time to stop feeling sorry for yourself and seize the day and can't think of anyone I would rather do some day seizing with than you. That's very, very sweet. And she really seems to feel really good about that. You know, it's like he says so many mean things to her all the time. And so it's nice to see him say something that makes her feel good. Yeah, it's like he's gone over himself yeah. and he's ready to be an adult. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk about um, Thomas, who was uh, who's Aaron's father and her her literally last relationship, like yeah. her most recent relationship other than Charlie, in which he kind of just like walked out on her. Also, man, you are trash. Yeah. Quite literally. There's this really interesting moment in uh, in Raised by Another that we talked about in the spoiler section that we can now finally talk about when she finds out that she's pregnant and she's like, oh my God, my mom's going to kill me or my mom would kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later it's revealed that her mom was fully in a coma for this whole time. And so that's probably why it takes her such a long time in the flashbacks to tell her. She's like seven to eight months pregnant before she even tells her mom that she's pregnant. We can also probably assume, I mean, I'm just filling in gaps here, but like, I wonder if um, Claire's mom, I can't remember her name, if we know Carol. Carol is like, how young was she like when she got knocked up? And also like, she got knocked up by a guy that like, she, it didn't turn out well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you probably wouldn't want that for her daughter. Right, exactly. 
And then Claire is repeating all of her mistakes. Yeah, of course, because that's what you do. Like, whenever your parents are like, don't do that, I'm like, well, I'm going to do that because you're not my boss. Exactly. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we are going to leave Aaron with Auntie Sun and Uncle Jin, and we're going to go on a little walk, and it's really cute and really sweet. Mm-hmm. So Charlie brings her to this like little happy picnic that he made. He worked really, really hard on it for like a while. Mm-hmm. I wish, and then Desmond shows up and is like, "Hey, Charlie, let's not do that." I wish that you had shown up before he like went to go get her. You know, like right. he was like halfway through setting it exactly. up and then tell him that it's not a good idea instead of like you know disappointing her. Like I know, luckily she's like busy thinking about something else, and so she's like, "Oh, this is fine," and just like runs away. Right. Which honestly, if I was Charlie, I'd already be bummed about that. The fact that she like didn't even care. Hundred percent. She was like okay I gotta go buy birds <laughs> yeah she's like I gotta think about birds instead so I already would have like kind of felt like trash about that to be <laughs> yeah. honest and not that it excuses the way that he acts after that no um but I wonder if that's like partially like if he's like well if you don't care about what I made then why should I care about what you're doing yeah I mean but she was I mean don't be so sensitive good grief yeah like (laughs) she clearly was like oh it's so sweet and like she appreciated it but also um we might be able to get rescued yeah there's Um, like a pressing issue yeah that is ever present i'm just sad for both of them in this scene and like i'm like desmond i know that you're doing really important work but please go just go away i mean he hasn't even gone after the birds yet like come on des you can wait a minute Right, exactly. It's like, it's like, why, why can't I not, can I not have this picnic? Why, like, is that, just come over here and say, don't go after the bird. Yeah, tell me the exact thing. I mean, you said I got bashed against the rocks. I'm not anywhere near the rocks. Yeah, exactly. Like, can I not just have my nice picnic? No, nothing nice for you. So he's like, hey, Charlie. Wait, every morning Desmond wakes up and he's like, okay, so here's what Charlie can't do today. And he's just like, it's like literally like the news. He walks up to Charlie. He's like, so here's a list of things you're not allowed to do today. And Charlie's like, got it. And he's like, and probably stick around and be near me just in case uh, things change and you can't do more things. Exactly. Um, But he's like, hey, want to come help me hunt? And Charlie's like, no, No. I'm doing a picnic. And he's like, let's hunt. Let's go. Um, And Claire's like, whatever. She just notices the birds and she's like, bye. So it's like lucky that she doesn't mind because honestly, I would have been sadder if she had been like, wow, really? Yeah. Charlie, that really, I can't believe you did this. Yeah. Right. If she like knew that he was turning her down to go hunt with Desmond. I would hate if he like had to actively disappoint her. Yeah. It's actually a blessing that she was like, and I think they might've done that on purpose too. Mm because charlie's been such an ass to her yeah that they were like okay well she has to have another purpose as well so that it's not him letting her down again and again yeah but yeah she just runs away and like my next note was just like honestly maybe a dick move on her part just to like leave without even saying like thank you for making the the picnic i mean i just don't think that like it wasn't malicious and intent again pressing matters like she knows the birds aren't gonna be there that long i just like if i was charlie i would be like i'm heartbroken about like several things in this moment oh yeah yeah. so claire runs to sun and Jin, and sun has the baby because that's where charlie said they were gonna put it i think it's funny that he's like we're gonna go give the baby to sun and Jin. they like went and gave the baby to sun and Jin. she was gone for like maybe five minutes and now is back don't worry about it We, we sometimes see them have little, like, makeshift bowls, and usually they're, like, coconuts or whatever. This time I noticed that it's, like, a, like a seashell. It's huge. That's cute. Yeah. I like that. I'm like, actually, can we make these out of ceramic, and can I have one? <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be cool. Yeah. And I was trying to, when I watched, I was like, is that Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms in that yeah, cereal yeah. box? I was, like, trying to make out what generic <laughs> Dharma brand of cereal that was. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, Sun is sort of like practicing for her own baby. And Claire talks about how she needs fish and nets and buckets to catch a bird. Um, and then Jin in Korean says, what are you saying? And he says that to Sun. So I think basically she, he's saying it's probably closer to what is she saying? Right. But then Sun straight up just doesn't answer. I mean... I've been I've been trying to sort of track all of the like sort of I don't want to call them microaggressions because I know that like Sun sort of knows this feeling too probably or whatever like exclusionary yeah I don't think Sun is like conscious of like or like intense intentionally trying to like not care you know what I mean but yeah yeah but still I've been tracking for the past like few episodes the amount of times that Jin asks Sun hey what's going on and she like just doesn't tell him or just says like I'll tell you later and like how isolating that must feel yeah um and so this is just another example of him being like oh what's she saying and Sun just straight up doesn't answer and just keeps talking to it's Claire. It's extra heartbreaking because like Jin is like the like high key best like homeboy because like he's just yeah. down to help and do whatever you need if you just say mm-hmm. like hey come let me build a raft here go catch some fish like he's just he's always ready to go on the mission or adventure and do whatever you want he just yeah. wants to be included <laughs> and so she's like well the birds are only going to be here today because they're migrating um and then Sawyer sort of uh eavesdrops and is almost calls Claire Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have to explain that one. I'm sure we all know what yeah. Barbie is. I think we got that one. I mean, arguably the least insulting of the whole series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, if someone called me Barbie, I'd be like, mm, thanks. Fine. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it's not untrue. She is like a little doll. Yeah, but then Sun stops him with like a glare. Because Sun's got that kind of power. <laughs> His glasses are sort of like tied up in the middle with some like twine or something. <laughs> I think from when Hurley like hit him in the face with the ping pong ball. He looks so goofy. It's so good. So then he has to change it to Nets for what, Claire? And it's so weird to hear him use their names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's so pointed. Yeah. Oh yeah. So she starts explaining how the birds are like tagged by scientists, and so if they like put something on there, then like maybe some scientist would find it, no mm-hmm. matter like wherever they ended up going. So Charlie shows up. It wasn't that he had to go and hunt with Desmond; it's that it's that he couldn't have the picnic for some reason. Yeah. Right. Because I assume in Desmond's vision, she sees the bird, she tells Charlie about the bird, and then Charlie maybe like goes off by himself to go find the bird. Mm-hmm. But I still don't really understand how Desmond couldn't then, like, show up and be like, hey, don't go looking for the bird. There are so you know? many, like, versions of, like, you guys picked the worst choice. To, like, if this is a choose your adventure, you and Charlie both chose the worst way to play this. Like, yeah. you could have, like, told her a version of the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, yep. go on and did something else. Yeah. Just just not go after the birds. <laughs> just don't do this one thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so Claire's like, all the birds are going to be gathered up somewhere like Australia or New Zealand or something. And then so we can send a message to whoever gets it. And uh, so we'll cut up some fish and we'll use this net. And she's like, let's cut up the fish and also this net. And I'm like, okay, that's an important net. So don't do too much damage. Um, And Charlie's like, oh, I don't know. And she says that she watched nature documentaries with her mom, um, which has a very sad payoff at the end of the episode where it turns out that like she watched nature documentaries with her mom, but her mom wasn't actually like awake for, for it, but she was there and she was with her mom when she watched them. To be fair, um, thinking about what Charlie says, like, I don't yeah. think that, like, false hope or whatever, I'm not gonna go that far. And, like, that is a nice parallel with, like, the other scene with, like, false hope. But, um, like, Claire, what is your plan? Like, you're going to, one, catch a wild bird, yeah. and also, like, 
then even if the note, which is paper and not protected in any way, somehow... Oh my god, you're totally right. Yeah. Makes it all the way to wherever in New Zealand or Australia, whatever. Like, they would still have to find you on this islet. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay, you're making some points. I'm just like, even if they did, they wouldn't be able to find you because of so many reasons. On this, like, tiny, tiny little speck on the ocean. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe, do you think she, and I don't really know how tracking birds works, but I wonder if they can see where the bird has been, right? So maybe that's what she's hoping is that they can like, oh yeah, there should be like a little, like a little bloop. Like a track, like, yeah, like a little map sort of. Like they're, what do you think, like, are they microchipped? Yeah, a lot of them are microchipped. Like that little tag is, I think. Yeah, like just see like what their migratory pattern is or if it changes, because like, and that can be an indicator of global warming or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. Again, not a scientist. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, I've seen nature documentaries. And Charlie's like, well, okay, that doesn't make you an expert. So? I just wanted to say. What is the harm? Let her do it. <laughs> exactly. Earlier this season, Charlie said, hey, I've watched a lot of nature documentaries on the Beeb. And did you know that the polar bears are the Einsteins of the bear community? Does that make you an expert? Apparently. Mm-hmm. Because you know so much about it. He does. Huh. Clearly. Interesting. And so Claire's like, okay, well, great. Let's just do nothing then. Because I'm sure that's going to be better. Right? Right. Like, there's no, like, what is the downside to trying? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, well, we don't want, I don't want you to to waste your time. No, I don't want you to have hope. I want you to be as resigned and miserable as I am. Bro, we have nothing but time here. Right. What do you mean waste my time? What else do I have to do? Nothing. Hope is a good thing. Like, even if it is false hope, man. Like, that's like how you persevere. Michael understood that better than anyone on that island. Oh, my baby. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like when they sent the the message in a bottle on the raft. And then when they got it back, it's like everybody was like, Sun buried it because... She didn't want people to know. um, She didn't want to like make everybody so sad. So like... Yeah. I don't know. It's better than nothing. It's 100% better than nothing. Even if, the you know, the scientists pick up the bird and it's just like has a saggy piece of paper on it. <laughs> like just sog- soggy and broken. <laughs> Can you imagine being like, I'll bet this said something important. Yeah. <laughs> but like, even then, if they even just saw that there was a piece of paper, maybe they would like go and try and see where the bird was or something. I don't know. So Claire's like, I thought we were supposed to be seizing the day. And Charlie's like, yeah, don't really see the point. Sorry. Dude, you don't have to be invalidating. He was such a good boyfriend until just now this day. Yeah. Why? Why are you like this? Yeah. <laughs> like, who hurt you? But- like, I know that it saves his life, but like, just... <sighs> Like, can we just be honest with Claire? And that's what ends up happening at the end of the episode. We, thank God. Right. The thing is, like, really, it is a bad look for Charlie the whole season now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. Because, like, even in, like, later episodes, I'm just like, why are you being so mean? It's unnecessary. Mm. Like, I understand your intentions behind this, but, like, God, why? Yeah. And Claire notices that the re- that when this switch happened, it's because it's after he talked to Desmond. And it probably ha- it, that probably happens like every second day that like he talks to Desmond and then he's like, I can't hang out with you anymore or something, you know? Right. And like his flavor of mean is invalidation. And that's like, it's just worse. Like what right. happened to the guy that like ate pretend peanut butter with me? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's that. And also like, uh, I think- Charlie's thing is he keeps like invalidating her and just kind of like being mean. Um, and then Desmond just like is it just gaslights her. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like she's been through so much every Claire episode up to now, she just gets gaslit. 
Yep. And the thing is, too, is like in the end, when she's learned the truth, I mean, this is part of why I really love Claire, is like she almost instantly forgives him. And like the thing she's mad about is not the lie itself. Like it's that they lied to her. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. It's not what you said and what you did. Like it's that you lied to me. Like why didn't you trust me? Right. And, and you know, after uh, Raised by Another, when like Jack is like, oh, I think it was just a dream. Oh, like it's not really anything, I don't think, or whatever. And then she gets taken. Then it's like, oh, I'm going to make sure I take people seriously now. You know, everybody kind of learns like, oh, maybe Claire wasn't making things up. Maybe we should believe her. Yeah. And then like this, this stuff keeps happening to her, you know? And it's like, you can tell that she's used to it because if she wasn't used to it, she'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like maybe or whatever. But she's like, no, you're all lying to me. And I know it. Like, why is it a thing for all the people in my life to keep information from me outright lie to me? Because like they, they, they can't handle it or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They treat her like she's a child yeah mm-hmm. so Jin now seems to be aware of the plan so he was told what's going on I guess and uh he's setting up the net with Claire and I really love that they're like working together these are not like two we, we see Claire and Sun together but we don't get to see Jin and Claire together which so I really like seeing these two characters work together and you know like I said what else do they have to do you know right it's, just, it's some something to uh pass the time and they and they believe in her they believe in her plan yep yeah. Yeah, Sun's like, whether it's false hope or not, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, what else am I going to do? I'm here to support you. Yeah. And so Sun brings over the fish, and Jin asks Claire to go help Sun, because he, like, sees that Sun is, like, struggling, I guess. And my next note was just, oh, I guess Charlie has the baby. And then later, it's confirmed that Charlie does have the baby. He's allowed um, to babysit again. Yeah. So... Claire and Sun start, like, cutting up the fish to make, like, a chum. And Sun says that this was her mother's worst fear that she... And it's like, your mom worried... Was afraid of cutting up fish? <laughs> you know what? That's me. Yeah. I'm just like, Mm-mm. And I was like, I guess I get that. I, I guess I'm not really interested in doing that either. She's that gross not about it. She's a fish of, like, fish-phobic. Yeah. I'm fish-phobic. I mean, some fish. Yeah. And then uh, she's like, no, my mom was afraid that I would end up doing like hard labor like this. She had really high hopes that did not include marrying a fisherman's son. This was my mother's worst fear. What do you mean? That I would end up doing something very much like this. Cutting bait. She had high hopes for my future. They did not include me marrying a fisherman's son. Well, I guess we don't always turn out like our mothers want. Of course, mine never worked a day in her life. My mom was a librarian. Was? She get this stuff out there. Oh, it's so nice to see mommy issues on a show filled with daddy issues. It's true. A, a theme? <laughs> It really is. Like, the whole episode is just, like, mothers, like, thinking they're doing what they think is best for their daughters. I love this conversation. I think, I, like, I want to call this our Bechdel test. Like, I love the, um, like, way back, I think it's season two, but, like, Son and Kate have a bunch of, like, girl time moments where I'm just yeah. like, I love these lady friendships. I want mm-hmm. more of it. Yeah. I also just love that, like, um, Son's line where she's just like, she never worked a day in her life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brad, right. Her, Jesus. <laughs> And uh, and Claire's like, woof, like talking about moms is a little bit of a sore spot for me uh-huh. because I think she still feels responsible for her mother's accident. You know, yeah. she like uh, in the timeline of the show, it's only been a few months since she did that like big monologue mm-hmm. to her mom where she 
fully believes that it's all her fault and everything. But Claire still wants to have a be part of this conversation. So she says, oh, my mom was a librarian. And Son's like, oh, was? And I'm like, son, please. <laughs> but so- all, And Claire just like changes the subject because she's like really messed up about it. But Claire, like you could have just been like, oh yeah, I guess I'm thinking about my life in the past tense right now. Ha ha, since I'm on this island. Uh-huh. Oh no, she changed careers. I don't know. <laughs> right, exactly. She was a librarian, but now she does something else in an office that I don't know about. You Who's know? to say? Yeah. Son's just like, well, I'm here for you if you want to talk. Right. Oh, son. So Claire, Jin, and Son hide in the bushes and they're going to like trap a bird. Um, I love this moment because Jin starts counting down in English. So he knows his English words. Um, he doesn't have to do this because like Son is here. But I like that he does it because like for Claire, basically. Yeah. He's yeah. really thoughtful and he's like picking up on so much of that of English now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before they can do it, Desmond shoots and they all fly away. And I'm like, Desmond, if they caught one here, Charlie doesn't have to go looking for one. Again, yeah, like, Charlie's not in mortal danger here. This is not the vision you saw, right? Yeah. And Jin looks so worried. He's like, oh my god, a shot. But then he just sees that it's Desmond and just, like, starts yelling at him. Yeah. (laughs) This, like, ah, reaction is adorable. Yeah, in Korean, he says, hey, you idiot. He says, hey, you idiot. And then in Korean, it says, we were all about to die. I don't know. What? Yeah, I don't know what he means by that. Obviously, some of the things, like, I'm literally just putting this Korean in translate. So there, there's some sort oh, of, like, okay. thing so there's here. A, yeah. But usually you can kind of tell what he means. I wonder if he was, like. Or like, you scared me to death, maybe? <laughs> something about, like, we were about to catch the bird. Okay. Like, oh, we're going to die now because we don't have a bird or something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Desmond says sorry. And he's like, oh, I was trying to shoot a boar. And Claire's like, Char- is Charlie behind this? Like, he wants me to fail. And she, like, goes and starts yelling at Desmond. And I, God, I just, I can't respect her more for, like, going and just yelling at this man who is wronging her. Who's actively wronging her. Well, it's also, like, she's like, I know that you're lying. Yeah, exactly. Why? Like, I'm, look me in my eyes and tell me what is going on, because I know you're lying. Yeah, she's like, is Charlie doing this? And he's like, no, he's not even here. And she's like, what a freaking coincidence that you're doing this right now, right here. And she, and she always sees them, like, together, right? So yeah. So there's no reason for her not to suspect them. They think she's stupid, and she's not. They uh, they do treat her like she's stupid. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was following a boar, but, um, yeah, it's, like, gone now. I don't know. And she's like, why? You don't want me to catch a bird, and I don't know why. And Desmond's like, uh, what? Like, why wouldn't I want you to catch what? a bird? The gaslighting is severe, especially in this scene. And she's like, whatever, and she just leaves. Oh, poor Claire. I feel sorry for her. So she's like, I'm going to go yell at another man. (laughs) You can't blame her. Good. They deserve it. (laughs) And so Charlie, like, puts Aaron down for a nap. And Claire, like, goes and confronts him. And he's like, oh, my God, like, the baby. And she's like, I don't care. That's my baby. And? I can do whatever I want. Charlie. Are we going to do the, like, don't tell me how to be a parent again? <laughs> like, stop it. Yeah. And, exactly. And also, like, she yells at him, like, straight up, like, yells and screams at him. And then, like, sits down and Aaron's like, whoa. What's the tea over there? I mean, the kid has grown up on an island. I think he can handle pretty much anything. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's like, I hear the smoke monster in the trees. We're good. Yep. <laughs> Nightmares, what are nightmares? So Claire's like, okay, so what's going on with you and Desmond? And me, a secret Charlie and Desmond shipper, I'm like, shh, no one needs to know. Nobody's gonna know. Shh, no one's gonna no know. No one's gonna know. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. I mean, I can see it, but. Yeah, and so Charlie's like, well, I don't know. I have no idea. More gaslighting. And she's like, okay, so you don't know about Desmond sabotaging me. And he's like, no, I've been here the whole time. I, okay. I have nothing to do with anything. Like, what is their reason for not telling Claire 
anything. Like, tell her some version of the truth. If I were to guess. Like, if you don't want her to, like, worry about you dying or, like, Mm -hmm. then don't talk about that part of it. Like, I don't know. And, like, Claire might not even believe it. Like, Exactly. Like, if I were to guess, it's definitely him being, like, I don't want her to know that I'm dying so that, like, I I want her to like me for me and not, like, pity me. Right. Something like that, I would guess. Well, I don't, but then, like, again, give Claire more credit. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's, like, it's the idea of, like, she is with him because she wants to be and not because she feels obligated. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, it just comes off as bullying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time. And so he, like, says, like, I truly think that the tracker that you saw is just probably, like, a piece of glass or something. And you're, like, trying, I just don't want you to to have false hope. And I'm, like, dude, but bro, like, what if it isn't? Exactly. Then, like, she's gonna catch a bird and she's gonna see that it was a piece of of glass. And now she's early pitching this. Mm -hmm. Charlie would have gone along with it. Exactly. Yeah, for like, sure. do you guys think that like he obviously he's trying to get out of it and like trying to explain it to Claire because he knows about the whole vision with Desmond? But like, do you think that Charlie in his heart believes that like Claire knows what she's talking about? I think Let's he does. Hope. I think I think he's fully lying because he has to. I think yeah. I think that if and I mean we know that because if Desmond hadn't come in and intervened, he would have gone so far to to get that for her that he died. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he definitely believes in her, but it's also like he also believes it's in her best interest for him to gaslight her. You don't know what's in her best interest, my man. Stop it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's it's hard because it's like, you know, he, at the beginning of this episode, he, like, wants to leave her with these good memories. He wants to leave her with, like, a good, positive, it, like, uh, image of him, mm-hmm. you know? And yet then he does these things, and I'm like, now she's just gonna think about all what of the bad things, were. right? Yeah. So, like, I don't understand how you make a pro and con list based on, like, ultimately the better thing to make her like remember you in a in the most positive light possible is by telling her the truth yeah i mean maybe maybe she hasn't like i don't know like maybe someone else has an idea about these visions like if maybe they told more people about it like right that's a good point and so she's like okay well sorry to annoy you with how um dumb i am uh i won't bother you again uh so thanks so much and uh stay away from my baby because i don't want him around liars I don't want to advocate false hope, Claire. That's all. Well, I'm I'm sorry I bothered you with my stupid ideas, and um, it won't ever happen again. Look. And Charlie, I don't want my baby around lies. I think you might be overreacting. Overreacting? No, I thought you were here for me, that I could count on you. I was wrong. No, Claire. No, I'm on my own, and at least I know that now. Claire. Just go. And we had this whole conversation about not wanting our baby around drug addicts last. Uh-huh. Good. You know what's best for your child. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. And Charlie says that she's just overreacting, which once again is just something that everybody keeps saying to her. Yeah. Are you calling me dramatic? Ugh. And she's like, okay, well, I thought you were my ally. I thought you were like with me, but I guess not. And I'll just be alone again. And now I know that. And... I think that, you know, she felt that way at home, too. She got here and she thought, and she was alone. Then she got here and she was like, okay, I found somebody to be, like, my partner. And now I'm just alone again, which I'm used to, so that's fine. Right. And she makes Charlie leave. And, like, I just, I feel bad for him. You know, like, obviously he's going about this in the complete wrong way. But this is the exact opposite thing he was trying to do this morning. This was the exact opposite of his goal. And he's just, like, really messing it up. Exactly. It's that he he literally can't figure out a way to do this that it doesn't involve lying to her. Yeah. 
And also, like, you are playing into, like, the worst kind of male stereotype. It's like, anytime the guy's like, oh, she was crazy. I'm like, was she? Or did you treat her like garbage? And she reacted in proportion to that in a totally yeah, reasonable yeah. way. It's like, son, like, you're justified in being mad. <laughs> like, Yeah, and, like, I know that Desmond is, like, doing this to save Charlie's life. But I'm also like, thanks a lot, Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> cool. You ruined it, Desmond. Yeah. He also, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many visions Des has, but, like, I mean, you could keep going. Is it really inconveniencing you that much to continue saving his life? What else do you have going on? And, like, yeah. he resigns himself to, like, well, guess I'm gonna let you die. And Charlie's like, alright, guess I'll die. <laughs> Pretty quickly. Like, why wouldn't he just, later. like, just go and get the bird ahead of time, then? Or, like, just go talk to him and say, I'm gonna come with you to go get this bird so that you don't die. You know, like, there's so many small things that he could do. He doesn't need to completely reroute everything. There's not enough, like, that's, that's like, Desmond in a nutshell, too. Like, there's so many times where I'm like, you don't know for sure that something else couldn't have happened because you didn't even try. Yeah, you didn't even, like, go and try and get a new sort of, like, outlook. This flashes before this or after this? It's before. this. Uh, that flash has already happened. Okay. Yeah, because, like, there's so many things with that. I'm like, you don't know what would have happened. Because you just, you said, I know what's going to happen already, so I'm not going to try. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, another yeah. man not giving a woman enough credit that, like, Penny loves you for you. But Right. Yeah. So, sun is changing. Time out. My dogs are being crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, can you stop? You dummies. Hey, uh-uh. No tug of war. Let go. Thank you. Two French bulldog meatheads. John Ralphio is truly the worst. <laughs> the worst. So Sun is changing Aaron and they put him down in like a Bondi Beach shirt. Adorable. Which of course, Australia. And Claire has apparently told Sun what's up, everything that she's learned because Kate isn't around, uh, who is like their, their kind of like trio. So they're just kind of hanging out together. I think it's Bondi Beach. I think it's Bondi, I think. I think it's Bondi. I don't know. Oh. I only know from like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen Netflix shows I've seen. Fair so. enough. I, uh, every time I go for a first aid course, they show us like clip from Bondi Rescue and they, I'm pretty sure they say Bondi. Well, excuse the hell out of me. Just, uh, you were wrong and you need to know that you're wrong as a woman <laughs> however to Australians, be fair, i'm always wrong <laughs> australians please let me know if it is bondy in which case i am happy to uh next episode uh correct myself no double down it's like i've never been wrong in my life yeah. you guys are pronouncing it wrong yeah. if you tell me i'm wrong that makes you a misogynist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Sun says that she thinks it's totally fair that Claire is upset. And I agree as a person, me. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it's weird because Desmond doesn't do the boar hunting and boars don't come close to the beach. So I don't know what he's trying to say. You can see Desmond and Charlie like yelling at each other. So Claire's like, I'm going to go and figure something out. I'm going to go. I really like, like they play it really well. Cause the, the woman who plays Sun, I don't know the actress's name offhand, but like she plays it really well where like, she's like, Claire's totally justified in being mad. She's on Claire's side, but like also she is sympathetic to liars not because she like thinks that, that it's okay but like she's been in a situation where she's right. like lied but like she wasn't trying to hurt anyone but like you know what i mean like people make mistakes yeah or like they yeah. have intentions we don't know about right all of these characters are so like well-rounded and full you know it's like uh they just so all of them contain multitudes it's it's so good so claire goes and follows desmond and finds like the bird in the nest and desmond just like picks it up and she can tell that he knew it would be here and he's like what no i didn't and she's like no no you walked straight here you weren't like looking around or anything you knew that this bird was here and desmond's like bro i you that's fair i 
I'm busted. <laughs> I literally can't lie anymore. It wouldn't make any sense for me to say that that's not true. Bird? What bird? I don't see a bird. He's like he's holding like, the bird and he's like, I don't even know what a bird is. He's Claire. like, I'm just really in tune with birds. Yeah. Like, feel her forehead. Are you feeling sick? Maybe you yeah. should go lay down, Claire. There's no bird. What, you're seeing a bird? Are you some weird visions that you're having here? <laughs> and so he like explains that like he had a vision of Charlie slipping on that flat rock over there and fell into the water and got and hit a bunch of rocks and he died there and I'm saving him. And he says it in such a way that Claire is hearing this for the first time and is like, Charlie's dead? Right? What? She's like, I just left him. What do you mean he, he like Desmond says he died over there. He he hit his head on the rocks, like in the water right here, right now? What what? Yeah, she's like, Where well, where's his body? I don't see him. Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus. So I appreciate this because there are some shows that I watch in which we would just have this whole conversation over again, and Desmond would just explain to Claire on screen everything, right? right. Just to just to take up time. And on it's this okay, show, you can say Riverdale. I was going to say the hundred. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you can say yeah. every CW show. <laughs> I, we're covering season three of the hundred right now, and every Ugh. time I do my notes, I keep being like, "Okay, so now we're talking about this again." My condolences, you guys. You know, like we're just saying the same thing over and over again, again. And so I just appreciate that in this scene, they're like, okay, well, you know the information, Desmond knows the information, and now we're going to imply that Claire now knows the information and move on. Well, that's what happens when a TV show doesn't think its audience is a bunch of idiots. Right. I can't think of a better TV show that like truly thinks that its audience is very smart. Exactly. this show. So- Claire brings the bird back to Charlie and I think it's so funny that he's just like lying back like in her place. I, like He didn't at all listen when she asked him to leave. Yeah, he was like, um, yeah, I'm gonna hang out with the baby. Yeah. She's gonna forgive me. It'll be fine. He's like, this is where I live too. I don't... And so he's like, okay, well, I stand corrected. Like, it clearly has a tag. Like, good for you. Now that I know I'm not gonna die because you caught the bird for me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, actually, you are so smart and fantastic and you really did that, huh? Wow, you're amazing, Claire. I love you so much. <laughs> And so Desmond, she tells Charlie that Desmond told her everything and she totally forgives Charlie. And Charlie is like, what? You don't believe all that, do you? And it's like kind of a really cute moment. Like, I'm also like, oh, wow, more gaslighting. (laughs) But it's also, it's a really sweet moment because it's clear that they both do believe it. And all of the examples that Claire has given and all the examples that we've gotten so far of Charlie dying in Desmond's visions, he's dying to do something for Claire. He's always doing it for Claire. Like, he would always die to do something for her. He, he like, dies to save her, you know? Yep. And the only other thing that I noticed about this scene was that, like, when he looks up at her and Dom just does such a good job, like, it's like his eyes sparkle with how much he loves her. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got, like, these, like, kind of, like, chubby cheeks, too. It's like, he's got, like, this little baby face. Yeah. I just, like, I really love, you know, uh, Jorge has said, like, when he got to have that storyline with Libby, he was, like, really excited because he doesn't doesn't usually get typecast as sort of, like, a leading man, like, a romantic lead type of thing. And Dom is not typecast like that either. But when he gets that opportunity, he does a really good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, sometimes the script calls for him to, like, yeah, he's in a romantic plot line, but, like, he's kind of a crappy, (laughs) crappy boyfriend, or he does a crappy job or whatever, and that kind of sucks. But when he gets the opportunity to actually, like, be romantic and do it, like, the peanut butter scene, like you mentioned, like, he really knocks it out of the park when, when he actually does need to do romance stuff. And, yeah, I just noticed in this scene, like, when he says, oh, you don't believe that, do you? Like, yeah, my note was just that his eyes sparkle with how much he loves her. (laughs) Yeah, he's like- it's good. 
he in, in this episode and a couple ones coming up it's like he's a bad liar mm-hmm. but like in a very different way from Locke, where i'm just like your my heart is just pudding i can't yeah because yeah. he's like i don't want you to feel bad about me mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so, good. so lastly in the storyline we see charlie and claire with the bird and the letter and everything and the letter kind of explains charlie reads it to whom it may concern we are survivors of oceanic flight 815 we have survived on this island for 80 days six hours into the flight and the pilot said we were off course and turned back towards Fiji. We had turbulence and crashed. We've been waiting here all this time, waiting for rescue that has not come. We do not know where we are, we only know you have not found us. We've done our best to live on this island. Some of us have come to accept we may never leave it. Not all of us have survived since the crash. But there is new life, too. And with it, there is hope. We are alive. Please don't give up on us. And says, like, we've been waiting for rescue and we're doing our best. And that's when they show Sawyer. (laughs) Sawyer's doing his best. Is he doing his best? Almost sometimes. (laughs) And some have accepted that we will never leave. And so that's showing Desmond. Because Desmond has had this whole thing about how we're in a bloody snow globe. And this is the only thing that's left. To be fair, like, all evidence. His entire history supports us. Yeah. And says, not everyone has survived, but there's new life too. Like I mentioned earlier, they show Sun and Jin and Aaron, and they also have new life on its way um, with Sun and Jin. And about how there's still hope, they still have hope, and that they're alive, and please don't give up on us. And she says that she's not going to give up on Charlie either, and that we'll get to, through it together. And they attach it and let it fly away. It's just, it's it's beautiful! It's so sweet. It's so good. I was like... It's a great ending to the storyline. When I was thri- writing, like, thinking about when I started watching this, I was like, this is also, not only was I, like, depressed as heck in my real life, but, like, it was also the time when, like, some other shows were also, like, yeah. aggressively anti-hope they're like hope yeah, isn't right. real it's bad i'm just like i just want to feel good about something like, it's okay you can say the hundred no and yeah it's just like hope is the worst and in this one they were like it's important to have hope even if it's false mm-hmm. yeah so they yeah they attach it and it, it flies away she kind of just like throws it into the air and i could not help myself from envisioning her throwing it into the air and it's just like plopping <laughs> to the ground <laughs> We both, we both have the same thought and we looked at each other and cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, just like punch, like pokes it with a twig, like, go, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh man, yeah, it's all for nothing because the bird can't even fly away. And then they sort of like hold hands and on Lostpedia it said, when Claire and Charlie release the bird with the note attached, it's joined by 14 other birds flying away. Um, and a few seconds later, opening another scene are the same birds seen by Kate. And so it's 14 birds plus the one that she that she let go. So oh, that makes fifteen. Fifteen birds. So I mean, is that a significant number? I don't understand what you're there. Saying. There are some things that they do that I'm like, oh, I don't know. That one seems like a coincidence. This one was not. They no. definitely they did that on purpose. They specifically. I mean, they probably CGI. I would assume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like at least all but one of those birds. So yeah, I agree. 
100%. Yeah. Cool. So that is that storyline. Um, And then we're going to move on to the flashbacks. But first, we're going to talk about Patreon. What? What? <laughs> so Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's true. Um, it's patreon.com slash theaffectionados. And we have a lot of really cool perks um, for our Patreon sponsors. $1 a month gets you early access to all of the podcasts. Every single one of them. $2 a month gets you access to, first of all, early access. And then also a Discord server where you can talk to um, some other like-minded people on our Discord server and also us. And then $5 gets you um, 10% off at shoppylux.com plus all the things underneath it. And then $10 a month gets you access to our Patreon-only podcast. Okay, love you. Hi. Um, we put out <laughs> the first five episodes on each of our five podcast feeds. Um, and now we are actively putting out episodes that are like only for those Patreon sponsors. And when you join that, you also get like the backlog of all of the other ones that we've already made. So you guys can, should definitely check that out we would really appreciate it yeah we are having a good do you need more robin and britney in your life yes yes you do (laughs) exactly (laughs) so that's that's all the things that you get and um if you can't do that check out choppylux.com that's another way that you can support us and you also get something really cool out of it if you can't do that uh, we'd really appreciate it if you recommended us to a friend. That is free. And um, we also have four other podcasts that you can recommend to a friend or even recommend to yourself. If this is the only Aficionados <laughs> podcast you listen to, maybe check out our other ones. We'd really appreciate that. So, yeah. So, um, Brittany is going to do the summary just for the flashbacks today. It's we're true. Doing a, we're doing a different around here. Yeah. We're shaking it up. In the past, Claire and her mom are in a pretty horrific car accident. Her mom has been thrown from the car and Claire crawls to her. What's her mom's name again? Carol. Carol. In the hospital, a cop pretty dispassionately questions Claire about what happened. I kind of hate him. He implies that the crash was her fault and that Carol is a fatality even though she's alive. Claire's horrible Aunt Lizzie shows up and treats Claire like a criminal too. The doctor tells him that Carol will be in a permanent coma but that the hospital can make her comfortable thanks to a generous and mysterious benefactor. Claire ends up meeting resident asshole Christian Shepard, who reveals he's both the guy paying and Claire's father. She's not thrilled with either revelation. He eventually tracks her down at the tattoo parlor she works at and asks her to join him for coffee. He tells her she was the result of a fling and that he wanted to be in her life, but the whole him having another family thing rightfully upset both Claire's mother and her Aunt Lindsay. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's fair. He tells her to let her mother go, but Claire isn't ready. She leaves without even learning Christian's name. A few years later, Claire visits her mom and makes sure her TV is on so that she can watch Nature documentaries about bird migration. Hmm. She tells her that she's pregnant. She understands how hard it was for her mother to raise her and breaks down and apologizes for crashing the car while they argued. Claire's life is just very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Poor baby. So this flashback takes place in 1999. Mm. I remember that. Yeah. I don't. I was a baby. That's the year I moved to the States. Wait. I was so wait, because I was thinking about that when I was watching it. Like, how much time passes do we think from the beginning of the episode till like the crash, basically? Yeah, this flashback takes place in 1999. Um, all of the flashbacks except for the last one take place in 1999, and then um, the last one takes place in 2004, right before she leaves. Okay. So like five years. Okay. That's a, that's like, it seems like it's been a pretty significant amount of time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that she's meant to be like, just like, if I did the math, I, I did the math um, looking at what, like what 
her birthday is on Lostpedia. Mm-hmm. However, I, I trust Lostpedia no matter how they got that information, whatever. Her birthday, Lostpedia basically said that she was either, that she was 17 in 1999, but due to the fact that she's working at that tattoo and piercing place, that makes me think that she must be just newly 18. Yeah. Um, that would Possibly. be my guess. Yeah, because how would she get a job there? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, and then so in five years, she's, I think, she, so she's 23 on the island. Still a baby. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, um, young to have a baby for sure yeah yeah so we start by seeing claire's eye and she's got like some you know dark makeup and she's got black hair and um you know who doesn't go through that phase we all have our know? alt phases yeah we pour one out for that terrible wig though like yeah oh my <laughs> right. god come on guys <laughs> you can do better than this it's they did not even try they definitely didn't try with the wig, but I think that they very successfully aged her down. Yeah, yeah. Like with her like baggy shirts and like her cast and she just makes- Yeah, she looks like a, like an angsty mall teen. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But that wig- Yeah, the wig is thirsty. <laughs> I'm like, is that- It's just bad. You guys can afford- If you can afford to CGI 14 birds, you can buy a better wig, <laughs> okay? Yeah, exactly. Thank you! So true. Come on. Yeah, but so she's in this car crash and on Lostpedia, it mentioned a couple of things here. When Claire is in the car accident, the speedometer is clearly shown with miles per hour as the predominant measure of speed, whereas the norm in Australia would be kilometers per hour. Although cars, the cars shown are right-hand drive, which would be correct for Australia. I know, so that's interesting because it's right-hand drive and like all the right-hand drive countries I know of, which is, you know, two, use kilometers. Right, exactly. So my guess is, and they have done this a couple of times that they just like flipped it yeah that like yeah they just flipped um the picture because probably they were filming in hawaii so that it looked like oh yeah they've done the same thing with uh like when christian and anna lucia were like outside of the bar that he goes in to meet sawyer and all that stuff and they may like had the signage backwards so that like they could flip the car properly oh clever Look at them thinking, use those noodles. <laughs> I really like the moment later when she says like, I don't even know your name because that really seems to be like a sort of a theme with Christian that like he has these really important moments with so many different people who were on that flight, but none of them knew his name. Yep. This whole thing with Anna that he never, he, he like she had no idea that it was Jack's dad and Sawyer just like happens to be able to put it together. Our friend of the pod, Sarah, um, mm-hmm. calls him Jesus, Jesus Senior. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, I just called him that when I was doing my like live tweets to the point where like it, around season three, I was like, I literally don't remember what his real name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he's Jesus, Jesus Senior. I like Jesus, it. Jesus, Jesus. I mean, uh, yep, so good. It also said on Lostpedia that the odometer in Claire's car ends in 10.8 um, in black and white letters. So not only is that black and white, but it's also 108, which is important. Oh, oh I was going to say uh, 10.8 is not very fast. Yeah. <laughs> also 108 miles per hour in 1999. I mean... I don't think so. But I don't know. Well, it was like 10. It, it, I think it's the odometer. So I think it's like how many. It could have done, I guess. But like. It's traveled. Miles she's done. Oh, 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 oh I see. Yeah. Listen, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Same. It turns out that she was the one who was driving. And yeah, like I just said, um, in Australia, she was on the correct side of the car to be the person who was driving. And so she can't get out of the side. So she has to crawl out the top to get to her mother. And you can just like see her hands like crunching on the glass on top of the car. It's like, very well done. Yeah, my, my hands hurt just from thinking. That car is smushed. I'm a little yeah. like, I'm still a little confused about like, 
the actual reality of what happened in the crash. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, if if she really was like, it was it was an accident either way. Claire obviously is not trying to kill anyone, but yeah, like, was it truly an accident or like because she wasn't paying attention or did someone really run her off the road or whatever? Because like the entire front half of the car is smushed in and like yeah. there's no object really that they could have ran into that you can see and there's no other car that close to them that would have also been smushed right because we are told that it was a truck but that makes me think that like it was a large truck and that's probably why it wasn't as like scathed i guess mm-hmm. and it kind of got away later she does say like oh i'm sorry i was like yelling at you in the car i was like yelling at you about like a whole bunch of terrible things or whatever so it makes sense to me that like in my mind i would assume that like claire actually was like distracted driving yelling she at probably her probably plowed through right. an intersection yeah but because like she says that like a truck ran us off the road yeah um but like they show the um turn signal blinking yeah and like it looks like they're at like a four-way stop or something like that so like that would make more sense too right yeah yeah so claire's getting stitches and the doctor leaves um on lostpedia it said although being an unnamed character the er doctor is in fact named as his oh. name is shown on his name tag. However, his name is unidentifiable in the episode. Therefore, he is considered as an unnamed character. Although apparently he he did have a name. It's just that we don't know what it is because we can't read his name tag. Unidentifiable, even with Blu-ray? Do we think that this is the doctor that apparently is so close to Jesus Jesus, he knows about his one-time fooling baby mama? Oh, could have been. Ooh. Because that's how he knew about, like... Carol, yeah. I'm like, who did you just tell about your, like, illicit affair? Right, right, exactly. That would remember her name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Claire's arm is hurt, and then we get Officer Barnes. The worst. Yeah. Officer Barnes sucks. Yeah. Um, like, what is your problem, dude? Why would you say that to someone? I hate this guy. Like, Jack gets, like, called out for having really bad bedside manner, and that's important for a doctor, but I also think it's important for a police officer to, like, have some sort of, like... <laughs> Especially like this. Tact and um, compassion yeah. to people. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. I mean, like, let's assume, one, it was an accident. Like, which, I mean, even if she, it was an accident because she was distracted. I'm like, Jesus, you're like really being too harsh. There is no reason for you to say that her mom is dead when she's not. Especially if you genuinely believe that it was her fault. Right. If, if that, that officer does believe that it was Claire's fault, you, that you, you do not need to be like, your mom's dead because you're the one who... It's your fault. Your mom's dead. Who did it, yeah. That's because you're an irresponsible teenager. I'm like, okay, cool. Harsh. This is yeah. not what she needs right now. On Lastpedia, it had like another little blooper where it said on his sleeve badge is state police. Mm-hmm. In Australia, it's different than in the USA. Um, the police in Sydney are not Sydney police or state police. They would be NSW police, which equals New South Wales. and the badge is nearly identical to the new south wales police badge so at least there's that it just says the wrong thing oh all right well okay so they tried yeah 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 like the congratulations you tried (laughs) so he goes and he asks how the accident happened she says i was forced off the road by a truck who was driving me but she seems she hesitates before saying so, right? She's like, "How much of this can I get away with if I if I say that my mom was driving?" Mm-hmm. But she tells the truth. But like, I don't think that she's tr- like, yes, she's lying on purpose. But like, I don't think it's because she's trying to get out of trouble with the cops. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think it's just like she is still wrapping her mind around the fact that like both her mother and her were just brutally injured, and it was her fault in her mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Oh crap! It was me. <sighs> 
she's like trying to re- like rationalize with herself that like this isn't my fault right this isn't my fault <laughs> right exactly and he's like no <laughs> no it's your fault <laughs> i know i wasn't there but i know because you're yeah, a dumb exactly. teenage girl well the truck driver who is totally fine said you know like I- i'm gonna believe that guy instead of you because you're a child and also a girl yeah and so he's like, okay, has your father been contacted? Because all I can do is care about men. Um, and she's like, no, he died when I was two. And he's like, oh, okay, sorry about that. Um, anyway, like he, oh, he's so annoying. This guy, this guy sucks. No comfort whatsoever. Yeah, so he's like, okay, so the truck driver says that when you hit him, and she's like, no, 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 he hit us because she's like trying to make sure. Like, I wonder, and I wouldn't put it past him because I really hate this guy, but I'm like, <laughs> does he, was he trying to catch her in something yes. there? That like, if she had been like. Yeah, like he says, like, it's like, this is standard protocol. I'm like, I've find that hard to believe like if you're making an accident report right if she had like agreed with the statement that he said then he could have like used that in court y'all i gotta tell you and this is really important for everyone to know (laughs) <laughs> if you're a minor, a cop can legally lie to you. This happened to my sister. A cop, because you're a minor, you have no rights. They can legally lie to you to try and catch you doing something. And it's not a problem. Well, um, <laughs> here's a fun um thing to, t- to tack on to that. You do not have to talk to the cops. No, you don't. You literally don't have to say anything to them. Shut up. Wait till you get into the court or whatever jail thing and then talk to a lawyer. Like, wait until you have an adult like they can't arrest like like are you arresting me if you're not then i don't have anything to say to you yeah yeah what even if you're especially if you're a minor you wait for a parent or guardian absolutely what, what constitutes a minor just anyone 18? under 18 okay she's not a minor and he would know that like that seems like such an abuse of power wasn't she 17 no she's newly 18 because she works at the tattoo shop well it could be that it's under 21 then that's depending what I'm on where yeah. you are that's what my like, question is i i would fully believe that this cop is leading her mm-hmm. to try and get those answers because you're just basically like they can lie to you yeah the worst and yeah so i think that i honestly think that him being like okay so when you hit him or whatever and if she had been like uh-huh and like had agreed to it or whatever then he could have like used that yep um but instead she was like no no he hit us and he's like rats my plan well, <laughs> actually her reaction's fairly fast though like, yeah exactly being lying, it's like no no he like i don't know I don't, I don't think that's sort of, you know, yeah. And she's like rattled too. Cause she was just in an accident. So like, maybe, maybe that is the truth. I don't know. Like we don't really ever really get. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe he did hit them, but yeah. like, because she wasn't paying attention, like someone can slam on their brakes in front of you and they hit you, but like, it's your fault. You know what right. I mean? Who yes, knows? Yeah. So she, what speed were you driving? And she's like, oh, he came out of nowhere. And he's like, I didn't ask if he came out of nowhere. I asked how fast you were driving and she's like i don't know i don't know <laughs> like uh, the speed limit i don't know again if a cop does this to you you do not have to answer them mm-hmm. no you don't <laughs> like you will incriminate yourself lawyer up <laughs> I spoke with the truck driver he's fine by the way um he said that when you hit him no he hit us about speed would you say that happened when it you were driving? came out of nowhere i didn't it's not the question i asked miss littleton I don't, I don't, I don't know how fast I was driving. Why are you even asking me these questions? These questions are standard procedure when there's a fatality. My mother is in surgery. She's not dead. Right. So she is. This is not my fault. Didn't say it was. Good day, Miss Littleton. Well, we have to ask when someone dies. And she's like, well, my mom didn't die. She's in surgery. And he's like, oh, yeah, true that. 
This guy sucks. She's like, okay, guy, like, this isn't my fault. And he was like, I didn't say it was. Bye. I was like, what is your commander's name? <laughs> I want to file a report about you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he's just not helpful at all. She's just been through a trauma. He's terrible. Honestly, like, this guy is not very compassionate, even if it was her fault. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and, and anyway, she already feels like it was her fault. Her mom is hurt because of her. Like, give her a little slack. But again, they don't really care about that because, like, their quote-unquote job is to find out what happened, but in reality, like... Their quote-unquote job is to decide who did it and then basically make the story fit. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, they don't even necessarily care if they're using a scapegoat. They just want less paperwork on their desk. They just want to close that case, you know. And if you think, oh, this is cop slander, consider this. It is. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, maybe so. So in the next scene, um, we have Aunt Lindsay, who we knew from in Two for the Road. Um, Christian showed up with Anna, just absolutely sloshed, being like, I want to see her. I want to see her or whatever. And um, Aunt Lindsay was the one who was like, no, go away. And so Aunt Lindsay is there and she's with her sister, who is Claire's mom. Her name's Carol. And um, this is... Yeah, the woman that Christian went to see in Two for the Road. Um, you kind of assume that it was it was Claire's mom, but it's not. And when he went there, Claire didn't even live there because he went right before oh, the uh, crash. He went like right before the crash. Well, I mean, like so. he doesn't necessarily know that because the last time he saw her, she was a baby. Yeah. Well, well, the last time he saw her was now was in this flashback. Well, uh, like no, before he went with Anna. Right, right, right. Oh, or did he, because is this flashback for Christian's timeline before he goes with Anna? Exactly. Yeah, because this is, this is in 1999 and when he goes into For the Road, that's 2004. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So like, interesting. he kind of just showed up because I guess like, I don't know, if I were to guess, he like felt like Jack wronged him or whatever, right? And then so when he went to like go and find his- not feel that? It's like he has to go and find his other child and <laughs> see how she's doing, I guess. I, like, I'm having like an out-of-body experience because when I rewatched this, I was like, I am by no means a Jesus, Jesus apologist. Like, he's not a great guy. But, like, on this rewatch, and maybe it's just because, like, now I've seen the whole series and, like, I love the finale, but, like, I feel a lot more sympathetic towards him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This time around, like, I'm like, yeah, he's not a great guy, but, like, a lot of his motivation, I'm like, really, Lindsay and them are kind of being terrible and he's just trying. Exactly. Yeah. He's really painted as, like, a really terrible villain um but like i said earlier like a lot of these characters they really contain multitudes and like ultimately there are a lot of characters who are like worse than him <gasps> anthony oh, yeah. cooper cough Ugh. cough yeah it does them a disservice like i dunk on them and being like you know you put them into little boxes for comedy but when like you know during the summaries and stuff mm-hmm. but as bad as a dad as christian was to jack you can see that he genuinely did care mm-hmm about right. both of his kids. Yeah. And like, we don't know, like, the full context of, like, what their whole fling was. Like, maybe yeah. did he, like, did he make Carol think that it was more than a fling? And, like, was he crappy about her, like, being pregnant? And, like, you know what I mean? Like, he clearly didn't just immediately abandon her. And, like. No, I think he was going to give it a go. Yeah. He was trying to be a dad and, like, be there in whatever fashion. Right? Mm-hmm. And Lindsay and Carol basically said, we don't want you here. And he's like, okay, well, I'll respect your wishes basically and like i don't think that him paying for 
Carol's mom like is him like angling for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't understand why Lindsay just hates him so much. And I don't necessarily understand her justification for why she hates Christian so much, other than like, hey, you knocked up my sister and I think you're garbage. I think that's or, sister solidarity. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like I really I would do that. I really hate Lindsay for the way that she treats Claire. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. I really hate that. But the way that she treats Christian, I'm like not even that mad about. I, it doesn't phase me because I'm a sister and because of certain other personal issues yeah. that actually quite neatly parallel this episode mm-hmm. that you're Lindsay I would be Lindsay and my sister's name is Lindsay but it does it makes me mad that like anytime someone's like I'm trying to be there as a parent yeah. like I'm not great but I'm trying and you're like no thanks I don't want it I'm like what as many people in a child's yeah. life as you can have is what you want. Like, I don't understand. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly the perspective I've taken with the situation I'm in is like, j- do your best. I also think that we need to bring in the information that Christian gives in the mall scene in which he says like, oh, the reason why she didn't want me to be around is probably because I left her with so many wonderful memories. So my guess is that Christian was like never really a very nice person or like uh, was always kind of like yanking her around. He probably let her on. Yeah, exactly. Like she was fun for him yeah yeah i mean he wasn't a great dude he was also an alcoholic so who knows yeah (laughs) i think i think ultimately i can totally i can see where Lindsay comes from Mm -hmm. in in hating christian even if i have to put some of those puzzle pieces together myself what is inexcusable is how she treats claire right exactly like leave the child out of it like how you feel about him personally and your relationship with one another Mm -hmm. like and I'm sure that like Carol and Lindsay like were doing what they thought was best for Claire, but it's mm, I don't know. The whole yeah. like episode is everyone's just trying to do what they think is right for their kid. Yeah. But also like sometimes it's real shit. Yeah, we're on yeah. the exact same page here. Yeah. So yeah, Lindsay's name was never actually said in, in Two for the Road, but it is the same actress, so you can put those two things together. Claire went home to go take a shower, and Lindsay's like, Wow, well, it must be nice for you to feel like refreshed about this. And Claire's like Just go off. Like <laughs> Okay, there was like there was glass in my hair. I'm like, she was, chill out. She's just a kid. Like she's like just 17 18 like i don't understand like they don't really give us that many details in the show and it's fine because like you can paint the picture yourself and it's not super plot important but like why does Lindsay hate her so much like she is beyond rude like was claire like i assume like she was like a black sheep of the family or something or like does she like resent claire and think that claire like ruined carol's life like i don't understand like me neither it seems like Claire was just, like, an angsty teen, pretty typical, who, like, yeah, probably acted out and was sometimes a brat. But, like, that's every teenager, man. Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, like I said, I can kind of, like, put together the pieces of how she treats Christian. I have no idea how to explain away how she treats Claire. Yeah, I don't know. Other than, like, you make my sister feel bad, so you're bad. But, like... Right. She's a kid. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, it probably has to do with like her thinking that Claire, it's Claire's fault they were in the accident. Yeah. True. And she's like, okay, well, I went home because she was still in surgery and she was probably going to be in surgery for a while and there was glass in my hair. And she's like, okay, well, I'm happy that you feel good. I'm like, honestly, whatever. That is, she did not say that. And like, what else was she supposed to do? Right. It's like she was in surgery. So Dr. Woodruff comes in and he explains that they stabilized her injuries, but she had like pretty severe head trauma. She's got like a swollen brain and it's, it's a lot of damage. She's being kept alive by these machines. And um, Claire's like, okay, well, but like after she wakes up, then it'll be better. Right. And he's like, I don't know if she will ever wake up. 
to be honest. It's really sad. What a yeah. horrifying, terrifying thing to hear. Yeah. Like, she already feels horrible. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, can she hear us? And he says, I like to think so, but, like, there's not really any way to know for sure. I'm sure that at some point they've done some sort of, like, brain testing on somebody with a coma. I want to say that, like, there's been studies, like, yeah. not that I know, but, like, studies that, like, in- suggest that they can hear you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, and, so. I, and she also needs to know these things so that she can do her monologue later and like truly believe that her mom can hear her. Yeah. So he's like, hey, she could be like this for years. I don't know. And Lindsay's like, well, we can't afford that. And I was like, um, wouldn't it be less expensive in Australia? And someone on Lostpedia did point that out. They said, it's unlikely that Kara Littleton would be forced to fund any medical expenses as a result of a car accident in Australia. The cost of any medical expenses would be borne by CTP or Medicare. Naturally, any insurance company would seek to limit their exposure to costs, but Medicare is is obliged to fund the life-threatening medical care of a public patient, and CTP covers the medical care of any vehicle accident victim. Um, Even though it's, like, regardless of fault? uh, I think that's... That's what they said on Lostpedia. And, like, is this life-saving care or is it, like, life-preserving care? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't know for sure. I mean, I don't know. Um, Yeah, on Lostpedia it just said it was, they're obliged to fund the life-threatening medical care of a public patient. No matter how much it costs, I promise you it is much less than America because our healthcare system is broken. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think that this is like an American like sort of lens that they've put on top of this yeah. storyline because this is not realistic. As someone who lives in Canada, you wouldn't have to pay for anything. You wouldn't have to pay for that. Oh, uh, well, in America, yeah. just for example, I was in the ICU for like five days when I was 18 or something. And I want to say it was like uh, $14,000 or something. Like we didn't have to pay that. Obviously we are not rich like that. I had great insurance, but like, it's insane. I had to get a rabies shot and that was like $7,000. No, it's bananas. It's the most arbitrary. It's, it's broken. You guys, I could go on a rant. I promise you it's just, it's so stupid. Insurance is right off so much money. So clearly you can afford to sell it for less. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. That just broke my brain. Why are we profiting off of people's pain? I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> um, but luckily, whatever made up expenses they have, they have been paid for, but the doctor isn't allowed to say by who. Um, I mean, um, again, like HIPAA, technically you could, I think. She's family? But like, right, yeah. I'm, like, if I was Claire, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm gonna definitely do some digging. But she doesn't. She yeah, just shows right? up another time and is like, oh, cool. Now I know. Oh, and speaking of that other time, here it is. Uh, the <laughs> nurse that she's gonna talk to says that she likes the new doctor, and I'm Ooh. like, why? Do you think he's cute? He's kind of mean. Like, <laughs> what do you like about him? He's got a sexy American accent. Right. I don't understand. <laughs> But he's American. He's in there right now. And then there's there's a thing over the PR that says, Dr. Brown, go to the OR. So I'm like, whoa, Dr. Brown, get to that OR, my guy. Get you going, need to dude. Go. <laughs> Stacked. Um, it's Christian Shepard. Watching this live, if I hadn't, like, been paying attention to, like, the casting announcements that people have put together or whatever, I'd be like, blah? Yeah, I did not suspect this whatsoever and she's like are you a doctor because if you are you sure are caressing my mother's arm pretty lovingly Uh, can you imagine and he's like um yeah i am a doctor but actually uh i should go by it's just my favorite patient (laughs) yeah it's just my favorite one yeah i guess like hmm actually you know what i just thought of what i wonder if that if like christian got himself in here by just saying hi i'm the new doctor or whatever because that person that nurse awesome. was like, I like the new doctor or whatever. And I guess he like, I don't know, had credentials or something to get in here. Because otherwise he probably wouldn't be allowed to come in here, would he? Yeah. Classic D- Jesus, Jesus. 
Pretty much. And so Lindsay comes in and she totally knows what's up. He and he knows her name. He remembers her. And uh he she's has like war flashback. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, if Carol knew you were here, and I'm like, what? Well, because we've told you time and again, we don't want you in our lives. Okay, at this point, Claire is quote unquote an adult. How much of that do you think is Lindsay and how much of that do you think is Carol? I don't know. Yeah. Like we don't get enough of, like, I don't know. Yeah, we straight we up don't. don't get enough of Carol and or enough about Carol and Christians, whatever they have. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also like, if you truly believe that she can hear you, she does know. Right. She does know that he's here. Oh, you made, you made a good point. Uh, but Lindsay refuses to tell Claire whatever Christian wants him to tell her. And Christian thinks that she should know. She deserves to know. And, she's you know. She's an adult, more or less. Like, yeah, right. like she's a kid and, you know, but she's old enough. She should know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Give her the choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to know some information? She'd About be like, your I guess parenting? so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, your mom lied to you. <laughs> yeah. But but also, yeah. So Christian's like, Lindsay, you don't get to, you're not the one who gets to decide everything. Why do you get to decide everything? And she says, you're taking advantage of my sister's condition. In what way? And I'm like, he's the what? one. I'm like, he's the one paying for stuff. Though. What is his gain? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what do you think? he gets out of this oh well you're using her condition to finally meet your daughter like yeah right oh okay how dare you nefarious plot maybe she thinks that he's gonna show up and like try and like take her stuff or something like in a in in the will or something he doesn't need it clearly he's paying for her medical bills Exactly, exactly right like i'm like you said earlier kim i'm not a christian apologist at any really at any point but like i just like i don't don't i understand why Lindsay would hate him in the past tense but I'm not really sure why she's so antagonistic against him right now. Right. Flimsy. He's really helping out. Yeah. I don't, I don't. It's a little flimsy. Yeah. I'm just mad that you exist, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, sorry. Which is like, fair enough. I just thought like, obviously they're, they're not in love. They were never in love, but like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be in love with someone to like care about them. Right. He's yeah. trying to care. Which he clearly does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's here. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give him some credit. <laughs> and so Christian, he also knows Claire's name. He And so Claire's like, what? So she like demands to know what's up. Are you the one paying? And he's like, yes. And also I'm your father. And bro, she thought he died forever ago. Mm-hmm. I feel very bad for her in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, mm, like what? You gotta be thinking like her wheels are like, why would my mom have told me that you were dead? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And um, I, tr- I tried to do some more math here. If she's 17 and he died when, sh- when she was two, that's like 15 years ago. But if she's 18, that's like 16 years ago. So either way, I think that it's, it's a number amount of... Uh, it's been a while. Like it's 15 or 16 years yeah. ago that she thought he died. Long enough she doesn't really remember him mm-hmm. or ever, you know knowing him so yeah basically the reveal here is that he had known her and met her before he showed up in two for the road so then we head over to the tattoo and piercing parlor that she works at never expected this from her never expected this from the girl that we see on the island but who doesn't have this phase as a teen i love it i love it like when i watch this i was like do not use a piercing gun but like now that i realize it's, I know. it's very 90s like claire claire's <laughs> exactly i was like would a piercing shop use a piercing gun but it was 1999 yeah claire's (laughs) i was like (laughs) but that's the she's the origin of claire's she is claire (laughs) oh man she's the claire claire herself yeah 
She's an artist, you guys. <laughs> but gosh, she really switched it up there in the past few years, huh? Yeah. I was like, it would be so cool if she was actually a tattoo artist. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like she is, though. I, I know, but she I kind think of just maybe is like a little assistant as well, too. Yeah. yeah. So someone comes in and she finishes her piercing, which apparently is only 10 bucks. So that's that's pretty good, I guess, for I mean- the uh, infection that you're going to get from the piercing. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I mean, I can explain to you why piercing guns are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. But yeah, so like I said, she must be like just 18 because I don't think she would be allowed to work here or perform piercings if she if she was a minor. Yep. Um, yeah. And know. she just has like this little band-aid on her head and like a cast and she looks very young. It's a mm-hmm. good age down. She's just so fragile and small. She's super baby. It's Christian at the counter. He asks to buy her a coffee. If I was the girl that she was, that she just pierced who was just there, I'd be like, um, do you want to go for coffee with this, with this grown man? man? Uh, just checking. <laughs> girls protect girls. <laughs> and, especially because Claire's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'd be like, uh-oh, I need to step in. And it's just like, well, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hmm. He's like, okay, well, I'm leaving tonight and then I'm going to be gone forever. And I'm like, that's true, even though she, he did he did try to come back. And so my next question was, why did he decide to do that? Why did he decide to come back into for the road? But I think I ans- answered my own question before. Is that like, Jack truly like wronged him, got his license taken away. And so like, I think he just went to go and like find another child of his. Which is slightly pathetic. Yeah. 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 For sure. And like, he just always wanted to know her. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, of all the people in this whole episode, like Christian's the one who treats Claire with the most respect. Like, Which is puzzling. Like, he one is respecting Carol and Lindsay's wishes and leaving them alone for like 15 years, even though like she should be in his life. And then like he gives Claire the choice to know. Yeah, that's true. However, the the least respectful thing I think is coming up in which he like grabs her Like everybody's just grabbing people. Mm -hmm. They're at like a mall food court or something. I assume that this is like either close to or like a mall that her piercing parlor is in. Right. She's got all these like little bracelets, which feels like realistic to me. Very 90s. He said that he found out because he has a doctor friend here who called when she went into surgery. So we kind of mentioned that that could be that doctor from before. And she was like, oh, why did my mom say you were dead? And he said, probably because I'm such a nice guy. And I was I was so nice to her. That's the thing, too, is like he also is not trying to really make any excuses for like. That's true. He's like, I'm not a good guy. It was a fling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's not trying to like make himself look better than he is. Yeah, he says like that he was when he found out and she told him he was already back in LA and yeah. said that that she was going to have the baby. Look, we had a fling. I was back in Los Angeles and she told me that she was pregnant, that she was going to have the baby. Have you? You didn't, you didn't want to see me? No, no, I came out a bunch of times when you were little. I stayed over. Baby toys, I sang to you. Why'd you stop coming? Because your aunt hates me. And your mother didn't like the fact that I um, had another family. Which is fair. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, maybe it's your kid. Let your... Not that, like, Christian, like, basically is throwing money at someone that's not love, but also Christian doesn't know how to show love like a normal, healthy individual, so he's doing the best he knows how. And, like, I don't know if he would have been a good influence in her life, given how badly he screwed up Jack. Oh, true that. True that. (laughs) And also, I mean, we know that Jack's mom also not a real big Christian fan, even though, like, so he's probably just not a great dude in relationships. (laughs) I also don't think that that Jack's mom 
is like a very good mom either though. Oh no no no. She um, also sucks. Yeah. She's very mean to Jack. I think my compromise for Carol, if I were to give her advice way back when Claire was born, I'd probably be like, maybe ask him to not be around because like for whatever reason you don't want you know, her to always be like you or her to always be like wondering when he's going to come. And like, is he going to promise to come and then not come? And like, you know, it's just like going to lead to disappointment, Mm -hmm. but like at least give her the option at some point to know him or to like give, like give her the information about him if she wants to find him. Yeah. Like there's valid like reasons both as a parent and like also emotionally as a post person for her to like not want him around, but Mm -hmm. like to carry the lie for like 16 years. I'm like, wow. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so she's like, okay, well, why aren't you just paying from the States? And he's like, well, I wanted to help. And he mentions that her mom is alive, but she's not living. And he's like, we can't just turn off. Like, first of all, let that part sink in before you start going, listen, we can't just like uh, kill her, but uh, there, there's a legal way to kill her. You know, like he just, he doesn't let that part sink in before like yeah. going into like yeah. solutions and stuff like that. And Claire's like, okay, you came here to fix your mistakes. And Christian says, no, honey, that's not true. I'd be like, don't call me honey. I don't know you. I'm not your honey. <laughs> And she's like, do you think this makes you noble that you're coming here to, like, try and, like, fix everything? Like, you, you, you're you out here, like, I accidentally, like, almost killed her and you want me to come in here and actually kill her? Exactly. That's what you want? And he's like, no, no, no. But, like, I- you have to think. He's a doctor. He doesn't see mm-hmm. it that way. You That's know what true. I mean? Yeah. Like, he doesn't see it. Like, he's a man of science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah. knows, like, he doesn't think of it as, like, real life. And, like, probably to him, like, it's more comforting to be like, she's not there anymore. You're not killing her. You know what I mean? Like, she's right. already gone. Yeah. But Which, of course, we will. Yeah. You know. My, yeah. yeah. If I was Claire, I'd be like, are you just trying not to pay the bills anymore? Why'd you pay the bills in the first place if you want to just kill her so you don't have to pay bills anymore? Exactly. I don't think that's what he's doing because I don't think he has a problem with paying the bills. He's got mad money. But but like if I was Claire, that's what I'd be thinking. And so, yeah, like I said, she says she doesn't even know his name. She doesn't want to. He tries to stop her and he stops her like way too rough. I think he like full on grabs her arm. And she's like, like if I was in that mall, I'd be like, excuse me. This is a full grown man, like full on grabbing this This, teenager. Like little girl. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like talking about how like, don't keep her alive because you feel guilty. There's hope and there's guilt. And I'm like, God, what a rough conversation for this child. I love that though. Like that's my favorite line of the whole episode. Episode. yeah like it's just he's right mm-hmm. um also like again this is why i'm a michael stan but like it just reminds me of like the um like you don't even know walt's birthday or whatever it's like yeah. that wasn't my choice it's right. like and michael did know walt's birthday like you know i don't even know your name i'm like that's not my fault that you don't know my name like mm-hmm. right for sure i want you to know my name yeah uh, and and the thing about michael is that he did know walt's birthday Right. Walt just assumed that he didn't know anything about him, but Michael proved that he did know and he that he did love him. Well, like um, I think it I think it happens to meet Kevin Johnson, but like basically all when they're trying to justify like Michael's not a good dad, he hasn't been there. It's like, but um, you didn't give him a choice. No, yeah, that's I think that's in a drift in season two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like the things he doesn't know isn't because he just was an absent father. Mm-hmm. It, you forced this onto him. Yeah. Yeah, he ta- so he talks about hope and Charlie talked about false hope this episode and Which, you know yeah. Christians talked to Jack about false hope so like, like yeah, hope is a theme. That's why I think like it's probably like a trigger like she's like, "Oh, okay, yet another person telling me like, oh, I'm having hope and it's pointless." Right, exactly. Yeah, my next note was just god, what a bummer of a combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, he, and, and he completely changes his demeanor. Cause we know that he's like, I wouldn't call him a sociopath, but he's got like those sort of tendencies where he like completely just like turns off that part of him. And it's just like, anyway, it was nice to see you. 
Oh yeah, he's such a jackass. I mean, I wonder too, though. Like that's like I think probably with a doctor too, some of it has to be yeah, like you have to turn true. off your emotions because otherwise people are dying around you every day. Yeah. I do like the um, I do like the detail that he calls her kiddo though because that's what he calls Jack. That's cute. Yeah, so I like that. I definitely like that. Um, so the last uh, scene we've got here, we have Claire, who's in 2004 now, so five years in the future, uh, pregnant. And on Lostpedia, they pointed out this thing that I didn't even think of, but like her, like black and white is a huge theme, obviously, in this show. Um, her hair being black and then turning uh, white or blonde <laughs> is like sort of an example of that. Oh, and it's yeah. really cool that she like has sort of like turned from like this darker version of herself and has kind of like grown into who she is. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of like- She discovered Pantene pro Yeah. And like her black hair was was manufactured and like this is like what we assume is her natural hair color because her mom and Aunt Lindsay are both blonde. And mm-hmm. so like, it's kind of like her sort of embracing her like actual- self and her natural I like that color yeah growing up. Um, and you can see that she's drinking tea and not coffee because she's pregnant I mean she's huge adorable yeah. but she's huge <laughs> yeah and it's five years later but her and her mom is still in the hospital turning the tv off but she needs to turn it back on because she loves her nature shows yeah like I said she would watch them with her mom but she was in the hospital which is what we said earlier and um her mom wasn't actually awake when they watched but Claire still retained some of that information That's so sweet um she asks her how she is and she's still wearing like similar bracelets I noticed she still got kind of like those those bracelets that she had when she was when she was younger and you know it's been months and months and she never really told her mom that she was pregnant but she's about to like kind of get on that flight I wonder how this sort of like fits into like her conversations with the psychic oh yeah oh yeah like chronologically hmm interesting and so then she says she's gonna give the baby away and talks about how it must have been really hard to have raised her alone because she you know she went through the same thing now you know when Thomas left her she's like now I have to go through the exact same thing that my mom went through I and realized she couldn't yeah it's like now I'm an adult and I realized that like my parent was also an adult you know what I yeah. mean like it's not like a parent with a capital P like they were a person too it's like oh wow yeah. okay yeah and she's like that and, and it was hard and so I don't I'm gonna give it away so I, I don't have to do it because it seems like it was really hard and you know I it was really hard because I was so p- terribly behaved I was really mean and in the car right before the accident I said I wish that you weren't my mom I wished you were I wish I told you that I hated you and I wish that you were dead <laughs> so sorry for all the awful things I said to you in the car hated you and I wished you weren't my mother and I wish you were dead it's all my fault the accident and everything <laughs> I'm so sorry mom I'm so sorry my heart is like, I feel so bad. Like, yes, those are horrible things. But like, I think everyone said really horrible things before they didn't yeah. mean. And it's just like, ugh. The things. It's just the timing is terrible that you wish that she was dead and then you get into a big accident in which you. And like, and like, if she can't hear you, that's the last thing that you ever said to her. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like kids don't think of their parents as being people. And like, they don't have a sense of like, huh, people don't live forever. Life doesn't yeah. go on. For, like, it's. 
Yeah. And so she says the accident is her was her fault. Good thing Officer Barnes isn't in here. Oh my god, right? Freak you, Officer Barnes. I mean, I also wonder if, like, she's, like, I mean, not just because it was hard to be a single mom, but, like, she probably was like, ah, oh, this kid will be better off without me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't think that she could do it properly. Mm-hmm. And then she, she just says that she's sorry and that she'll see her soon. Brittany. Yes. You were raised by a single mother. Your sure thoughts? It's hard because my mom was in a similar situation in terms of like, she, she, well, she wasn't pregnant alone. She got divorced when we were like four, but raising a kid alone and having difficult kids, like I didn't think of my mom as a person, but I did start to think of her as a person much earlier than I think a lot of other kids do yeah. because my mom was vulnerable with me. It was much more of like a Gilmore girl situation. <laughs> I personally think that Claire made the decision that she thought she needed to but that her journey into realizing she can be a single mom is a kind of slept on part of this show yeah i mean it's also like when you think about the like her full show arc like it's a bigger thing too with her like being like can i be a mom should i be a mom exactly And then realizing like, oh yeah, I can definitely do this. And also you don't have to do it alone. Exactly. And that's like the most important part of like any like single mom's journey, I think is realizing like it's okay to accept help when it's offered to you. Right. You don't, your partner doesn't necessarily need to be your romantic partner. Exactly. You you can still get help from people who love you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who wants to help will enrich your child's life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who it is. Kate and Claire, I like, they have my whole heart. Yeah, exactly. I love them so much. Cool. Did you guys want to mention anything else before we move on to segments? Um, I don't think I have anything else in my notes. Mm-hmm. I wrote down that, like, um, sci-fi trope holds true. It's always better to just tell the truth than deal with it coming out later. Right. Yep. Every time in every show, just tell the truth, guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck, probably, but it's going to be better. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to move into segments. Uh, the first segment is Best Line Award. Um, and my Best Line Award goes to Locke and Saeed for... Remind me why we're keeping him alive. What do you suggest? We shoot him like a dog? No. I like dogs. <laughs> it's so mean. I like dogs, too. Vincent's Same. the best boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. But also Locke. So Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, dogs are better than people. <laughs> Right. (laughs) I mean, that's that's true, true, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, like, that's just tea. People are garbage. (laughs) And mine goes to Russo with Lock 4. Why don't you just use the plastic explosive you took? Be my guest. You want to go stick it on there? I, Russo with anyone is funny to me. As ridiculous Mm -hmm. as Locke is this episode, he's got some bangers. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 What about you, Kim? Uh, I mean, mine, I love Sun just being like, of course, she never worked a day in her life. Um, mm-hmm. that whole bit, but like mine is the Christian line about like, there's hope and there's guilt and I know the difference. Yeah. Now there is hope and there is guilt and believe me, I know the difference. It's just good. Cause I mean, it just calls back to like the whole, uh, Mr. Echo thing and things like mm-hmm. that. It's just, it's one of my faves. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Harsh in the moment, but good is a theme. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Uh, and the next segment is Man of Science, Man of Faith. So today we're going to talk about Claire. Would you guys say that Claire is more Man of Science or more Man of Faith? I mean, I think she's Man of Faith. Okay, why? What, what makes you say that? I mean, because she, I think, I think she really does believe in her plan. You know what I mean? That like, yeah. it like these birds are here and like it's all going to work out and it'll all be okay. 
I I love that because I think that this is one of the I don't want to say rare because I think that they do this in a really beautiful way a lot of the time but the sort of like swirling of both man of science and man of faith mm-hmm. because I think she's using information from her man of science brain to have faith that this is going to work yeah right and like I think she's also got the faith of like even if it doesn't work she believes that like there's still a point in trying you know what yeah, I mean exactly yes for sure like she put the work in mm-hmm and she can't regret that. It's worth it to, to try and to hope, even if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And now it's time for Sawyer's Book Corner. So uh, this episode, Sawyer is reading The Fountainhead by Anne, uh, Anne Rand. Ayn Rand. It is a 1943 novel uh, and uh, a character in the book is a con man who's in love with a woman called Katie. That is adorable. Oh my god. <laughs> and just saying. However. I was just like... <laughs> When I read that, when like in your notes and the show notes, I was like, "Yeah, Sawyer, you're already stranded on a desert island. Do not torture yourself even right. more." I had to read Anthem, which is the shortest, I think. I'm Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand, not like novella, and it was rough so like i can't imagine honestly the only information that i have about ayn rand is on like dear hank and john episodes from years ago john straight up just hates <laughs> hates and ayn rightly rand. so every yeah. right-wing asshole has yeah. read and worships ayn rand um yeah they talk a lot about like she talks about like sense of self and like communism and socialism and like basically like big government versus little government and like yeah things like that. Yeah, I think that like that kind of like I I hate thinking that Sawyer's reading that and like agreeing with it, but like I also know that he's like a southern redneck, but I also think that he's just like reading whatever he can get his hands on. He would read anything he could yeah. find. <laughs> like yeah. So that that's what I choose to believe. <laughs> Honestly, in my heart, Sawyer read it and thought it was horseshit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, our next segment is did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode today they did not do the thing they've done the thing pretty uh pretty, pretty often lately yeah. but uh not today how many episodes since the last knockout um i don't think anyone was knocked out this episode so i'm gonna say one episode since the last knockout all right does this episode pass the bechdel test we are gonna say yes to that conversation between claire and son i think so yeah i'm gonna say yes i also i think kate and rousseau counts too yeah sure okay cool yeah stay tuned for our segment after the outro we'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers so proceed with caution Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. I wanted to say a big thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. And without them, oh, we would be lost. That's true. <laughs> and we would not know anything at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Frances Neves. Um, and thank you so much to Sam for uh, sitting in her room uh, while we recorded this podcast. We <laughs> appreciate her so much. She's watching Bates Motel. She's happy. <laughs> <laughs> If you're so inclined, please leave us a nice review on iTunes. Um, that would be that would be cute and fun and fresh. Right, or wherever you listen, we would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of the hundred, we like to talk about that show too. <laughs> um, we we do uh do we like the show? Not anymore, but do we like talking <laughs> about the show sometimes? We covered seasons four to seven as we were watching, no spoilers. Um, and now we're going back to do the um the other seasons that we haven't quite covered yet. We are currently doing season three, so um uh, I mean, you're doing, you know, the uh, 
what's that term? You know, like the glory, the Lord's work, the, the glory days, like the, the last of the good days. <laughs> yes. The heydays. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am not on those podcasts because I don't know how to be nice about things. Yeah. Me and Sam yeah. are doing that and um, we're doing it as a catharsis for ourselves and also for others. And uh, yeah. I love the show that it could have been and should have yes. been. Yeah. <laughs> if it was under the direction of any other human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. If yeah. you want a show that's dumb but still kind of good watch Riverdale yeah even if you don't watch Riverdale you should listen because I vicariously watched through you guys and it is <laughs> thank you great with no context good and honestly that makes me so happy I'm just always like what is happening on this show yeah 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 I feel like it would be more fun to do it that way because this show is so apeshit that we can't keep up half the time anyway yeah, 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 yeah. it's just too ridiculous for me to watch and take seriously but like I love to read about banana stuff so yeah and hear about it god bless uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things we talk about that show too Two. Uh, we have done all of season one and season two, and we are almost done season three um, and just like patiently waiting for season four. I'm not patient about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of Star Trek, we covered season one of Star Trek Picard. We'll be doing season two whenever that happens. Um, and we also have some Star Trek related content on our Oakley feeds. You should go check that out. That's okay. Love you. Hi. That's our Patreon only podcast. We well, call it Oakley. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter with a side of Tumblr where Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards. Thanks. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because well, if it is expensive what we do. Um, and we really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, if you can't do Patreon, check out shoppylux.com. I have a couple of lost designs if you want to check that out. I have um, Sawyer, Juliet, Kate, Locke, and also um, any of the Dharma logos, whichever one you want. All I've done is swans. So, hey, where is Suliet Nation to get a security and a, <laughs> uh, a mechanic one side by side? I'm you're just valid. wondering. Yep, you're valid. Um, anyway, I have those available. That's another way you can support us without um, doing it monthly. You also get something really cool. If not, recommend us to a friend. Recommend uh, this one or any of our other ones. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Do the Lord's work. Make people watch Lost and realize how wrong they were. Right. <laughs> it, it feels really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Uh, remind us where we can follow you. Um, I am mostly on Instagram and Twitter at Kthro, K-T-H-R-O. My Twitter oh. is private because of the man, but you can also frame request me if you want to read my hot mess rants, basically. <laughs> I love that. You have, like, the best Twitter. You, like, you have the best at. It's so good. It's <laughs> yeah. so simple. It's so good. It's my name. I, 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 it came from MySpace era, like, not just, like, make myself sound old, but um, do you guys remember, like, in the early aughts when everyone was, like, being Lil... K- like something something like j-lo like so someone was like haha k-throw and then it just stopped being a joke and I love now that. it's what i call myself <laughs> like it's not a joke anymore it's <laughs> easier than my real name yeah yeah next episode is episode 313 it is the man from tallahassee and our uh, guest for that one is going to be our friend chris Oh, it's um, gonna be chaotic. Yeah, so excited to have her on. I mean, Robin, how are you gonna get through it? It's just, yeah, exactly. There's not gonna be anything to talk about. It nothing's going nothing's going to get done. Every time Chris comes <laughs> on, she has a different Twitter username. Um, but the, but now her her, her uh, Twitter username is Baby Stabes. <laughs> Chris stays on brand with her uh, username just being different dudes that she's into. Yeah. I mean, okay, fair. I'm she's valid for that. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Stop. 
about spoilers is that actually our knockout counter is actually at zero because Mikhail gets knocked out and not actually and not killed. I was literally gonna say something and I was like wait it's a spoiler. Yep. So I'm gonna keep track of that that it's actually at zero and only the spoilers people will know what the counter what the trackers actually. Apparently you can spurt blood from your ears and yeah exactly. Keep on living. You will live through it. And like seemingly have no cognitive like (laughs) repercussions. Well, later, like, in, se- in the th- season three finale, he full-on gets, like, shot with, like, a... Uh, what's that called? Like, a gun that, like, kills whales? What is harpoon? That? What is harpoon. Oh, the harpoon. And he still is able to get away and, like, blow up Charlie. I kind of oh, love villains that won't die. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Like, I also... I love him, his character. Like, he's yeah. just great. I love it. <laughs> he's the cigarette-smoking man. Truly. Mm-hmm. He also just, like, plays it so well. He's, like, the kind of villain where, like, I'm just very... He's like charismatic in a very interesting way it's like I'm enthralled by you Mm -hmm. right exactly another really interesting spoiler is that this is actually the last Claire centric episode of the entire series there are only three what really this early yeah there's one in season one one in season two and one in season three why wow they just like she gets less and less uh, important. They kind of well, let's be. They kind of did Claire pretty dirty as the series went on. Yeah, they did. It's true. Well, she there's only 14 episodes in season four, so they straight up just didn't have time to give her in, one in season fair, four. Fair, fair. just like she's, okay. And then she's not in season five. Yeah. Wait at all? Oh yeah, because she walks off into the jungle or. Yeah, she's straight up not in season five unless she's like at the very beginning. Or something. I wonder if this is when she was like starting to film once or something and like it became a contractual thing. Who knows? I don't think so. I think once happened like significantly after Lost ended. Yep. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Listen, what is time, you guys? I don't know. And then in season six, the closest thing we get is a Kate-centric episode called What Kate Does, in which like she hangs out with Claire in the flash sideways. So that's kind of the closest thing we get to a Claire-centric episode after this. And Those writers didn't know what to do with Claire. Yeah. I mean, they didn't and know what to do with a lot of the women. Only yeah. two out of three of them actually show her life before the crash. The first one and the last one, because the second one showed what happened to her on the island when Ethan took her. Oh, that's right. So we really only get two episodes of figuring out like what is up with Claire before the crash. Well, they really yeah. did not care about Claire, did they? I mean, I try to cut them some slack because like there is a huge cast and they do do a pretty yeah. good job of rounding everything out. But like, mm, it sucks that the things that like they do drop the ball on are ones where I'm like, Guys, you're kind of showing your whole ass here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so spoilers. Um, I've got a couple about the jungle first, like the jungle storyline first. I love this sort of like parallel between Rousseau here, Rousseau and Alex and Ben here, and then um, the flash sideways. I yeah. was really thinking about With, that earlier. Um, the three of them. I, I just love that part. It's like when they decided, oh, maybe Ben is more interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with some dimension yeah okay next thing um he says that none of them are on the list every single person there except for Rousseau, i think actually Rousseau might even be on the list all of those people are on they're the list they're all on the list they're all on the list what list is he talking about yeah i don't know and i want to know i and have she, to and- assume ben has the one who has wrote this quote-unquote list right how did ben decide who was on the list why did he decide who was on the list what was his motivation who was he trying to manipulate at this point <laughs> like right and like 
Kate hasn't even been like crossed off yet because she was crossed off because she'd become a mother or whatever. Oh right? my god! And that's why she had been crossed off, which I have my own issues with. But at least Jacob then like later. I don't. Oh, you feel negatively about it? At least later, Jacob's like, uh, yeah, that's just literally just a line. So if you want the job, you can have it. I just, I just crossed it off. It's fine, right? So at least it's not like a hard and fast rule. I love that. It's like one of my all-time favorite scenes. Of the whole series. Yeah. I, like, cry every time. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank God. Finally someone realizes, like, you can be a parent and it's okay. I wonder if this isn't necessarily, like, Jacob's list. Like, it's definitely implied to be Jacob's list. But, like, Goodwin had to have a list. And then the people, the good people were, were taken. And the bad people were left, you know, uh, with the tailies and everything. And yeah. Ethan didn't have time to make a list or whatever. At the beginning of season three, Ben was like, go off, get me lists in three days, right? So I'm like, who's list are we looking at it's implied to be jacobs but like we know jacobs list and they're all on it here's where i don't understand please explain because we find out very shortly from now that ben cannot see jacob has never seen jacob jacob does not talk to him so like ben uses jacob's name to manipulate people is he just wildly like like feeling through the fog and making shit up like yeah yeah basically yeah i don't understand like how does he even know to make things up like richard told him jacob exists i guess yeah i mean that's gotta be it like, I just don't, like, he's, uh, is he truly just making up whatever he wants and then just, like, attaching Jacob's name onto it? Because he doesn't, yeah, there's no way that he can know anything about what Jacob wants. Yeah. <laughs> but another thing in relation to that is that Mikhail tells Kate that she's not on the list because she's flawed. But in What They Died For, Jacob tells the candidates himself that he had chosen them because they were flawed. Yeah. Exactly. Because they're not perfect. It's gotta be a different, like, experimentation list or something. I think that, like, this is just a made-up list. I genuinely think it's just a made-up list. Yeah. I just wonder, like, Uh, if it... What would Ben's... It could also just be Mikhail playing mind games. Just to, like, kind of, like, dig more. Like, (laughs) you're not special. Exactly. Right, just to insult them to their faces. Mm -hmm. So when Mikhail gets pushed through the thing and he says, thank you, he wants to die i think or either he's pretending like does he think he's going to die because he doesn't are the sonar fences ever set at a like lethal level i because he says like oh luckily they weren't actually a great question like yeah because like if they are sometimes then i guess then yeah like uh, if before the crash like they were the only ones on the island more or less right so Mm -hmm. like there really wouldn't be a reason for them to be at a lethal level unless like trying to kill polar bears yeah i think it's like they're always on because it keeps the smoke monster out Mm -hmm. but every time that people have like gone through them it's because they had like a code that turns them off right I think the only other time that I remember is like in season five and it's like back in 1977 when Amy puts in like the like the cotton in her ears so that she can walk through and then everybody else kind of like convulses and stuff but they also don't die so it makes me think that it's never as it's not lethal yeah Yeah, I like I also wonder like I would not put it past Ben to tell people like you can't go outside suspense you'll you'll die and like no one has done it to know that it's not lethal you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Well, because then if Ben keeps them alive after they've done that, he can then punish them. Yeah. Right. On Lostpedia, it said, and this kind of goes with um, what what Chris thought, uh, Kim, uh, initially thought to have been a blooper, Mikhail can be seen breathing following his death, but it was debunked when he turned up alive in DOC. I did not catch it. And I was like, there's no way. Blood yeah. came out of his ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, he was right. And I am real mad. 
Usually I catch things like that. I love the idea of them being like, everyone's going to think this is a blooper. We are so smart. They, I mean, they're like, we played you all. Yeah. I re- I, del- I reject this. This is TV <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Um, it also said on Lostpedia that Locke pushing Mikhail into the fence parallels the flashback of Anthony Cooper pushing him through the window in literally the next episode. Oh, shoot. I didn't even make that connection. Like his father, Locke doesn't hesitate to sacrifice someone he thinks is about to give him away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Locke, Locke is very ruthless when it comes to literally anyone who knows his secret. He has a bad father figure. But he also uses that as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's just like generational trauma, man. Don't become the person who abused you. Yeah. <laughs> like- so now I have a question. So they get over top of the thing and Kate like turns over Mikhail or whatever. I, I don't think it matters. And I don't think, and we never know. But do we think that Mikhail in this moment when she's like turning him around and stuff, is he unconscious or is he Probably. pretending to be unconscious right now? I don't know how he ever became not unconscious. Yeah. So I'm going to go yeah. with unconscious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it would probably take you out for a while. Yeah, exactly. And then he eventually wakes up and he's like, oh, cool. Okay, that's what I've got for the jungle storyline. I'll move on to the beach. Yeah, okay, so Charlie's, like, really mean to Claire, trying to get her to give up on whatever she's doing. He always does this. This is, like, his Mm -hmm. thing to do. Um, He's just, like, mean to people to, like, make them not do things. And, like, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. The main thing that I always think of, like, the example that I always think of is when uh, Hurley's, like, trying to go with him and Desmond in Greatest Hits. Yeah, and he's like, you're too big. Yeah, and he's like, you can't come, you're, like, too heavy or whatever. And, like, it's like, you know the exact thing to say to be the most hurtful. Why? Exactly. Like, I know you're not, like, you're trying to, like, save his life and, like, have him mm-hmm. not be there and see you die, but, but Hugo. But like, why, why are you so unkind when you do it? It's, and, and, and it's a double whammy because Hugo gets it twice in that episode. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you poor baby. I think Charlie is one of the things about this show that maybe aged the worst. I know that might be blasphemous. I don't think it is. I think it, yeah, he, um, he falls into a lot of, like, the worst stereotypes of men. Yeah. 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 And, like, I, I love Charlie, but I love Charlie for who he was when I first watched the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Watching the show now, I don't really like Charlie. That's okay. So, it's kind of hard, and I think it's because, obviously, we've moved on as people. We're way more sophisticated, like, television viewers. Also, like, as a group, the three of us are older than when we first watched it, and so. Certainly. Like, we've changed a lot as people. And so when I watch it, I'm just like, Charlie deliberately makes choices that are supposed to be likable that I find very unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, to me, he's not my favorite. That's okay. Yeah. And I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. No. Like, I think, too, like, it just doesn't matter, like, his arc. I mean, it's still season three is a little rough. But, like, he goes from being someone who's like, I want to do things where people will be impressed by me and think I'm, like, a great person a hero or whatever mm-hmm. but it's because of like he's got mo- corrupt motivations basically it's because he has like self-worth issues and things like that yeah. but like but in the end when he does like a, become a hero like he's doing it because he's like wants to take care of the people he loves it's not because he wants them to like think he's a great guy you know what yeah I mean? it's a complete journey i think that's so interesting I, yeah it just occurred to me that like he's got this whole thing about like you know he's a rock star he's in a band and everything and so therefore he wants to be loved widely and not deeply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's really important for him for He has the celebrity for, thing. Yeah, for like a lot of people to like him and love him. And once he gets to the island, it kind of occurs to him that like it's more important to be loved 
a lot by one person than it is to be loved a little by a, a large amount of people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And to have a defined personality with defined morals that are outside the realm of like selfishness. Yeah. Right. So Claire and Son have this conversation about their mothers and it just like hurts me. We, we don't know how long it takes before Claire's mom wakes up after the crash. I think that ultimately when they have like Christian's funeral, it's only like three or four months after the crash. Yeah. And so she woke up in between those like three or four months at Mm -hmm. some point and it just kills me that like she woke up and then found out that her daughter had died in a plane crash yep yeah whether or not she could hear her which like she never says whether or not she could hear well that's a lot of loss for her all in one spot too because you're like lost claire and lost christian and whether or not she had a high opinion of him that's still the father of her child and lost six full years of her life yeah and six years of her daughter's life. There's a lot of trauma before there. Before she died. That's rife, like, material that they... I guess they just didn't have time to explore, but... I mean, plus, you gotta think, if you're in, like... You're basically um, bedridden for that long. Like, you yeah. have probably got some serious, like, physical therapy ahead of you to try yeah. and even yeah. become fully functional again. Like, that's a show in itself. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like, you know, what they do do with Claire or with uh, Carol is pretty interesting. I think the thing is that the woman who plays Carol has such a horrendous Australian accent <laughs> that, like, oh, nobody no. wants to use her. <laughs> that's so sad. I love that, um, like thematically because the whole thing is like claire and false hope and like people telling her like she's foolish but like in the end carol wakes up she was right yeah like it wasn't stupid to hope like no and it wasn't stupid to keep her alive yeah right exactly it's just like it's not dumb to like have hope you guys sometimes things do work out yeah like if christian had his way she would have essentially murdered her mother yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and she ultimately woke up. And I mean, that's definitely dangerous messaging for, like, the real world, but this is a fictional world. Yeah. Right. My next note was just that, like, um, Charlie is constantly, like, dying in Desmond's visions to save Claire, and ultimately that is how he does actually die. Yeah. Which I think is really cool, because that was, like, his fate. Was always, it it was always about to He died to save Claire, yeah. But Claire doesn't know that her mom woke up, and so, like, ultimately does she think that she killed another person? That she I mean, loved. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. she, he didn't entirely die to save Claire. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But yeah, also, to save the island. So, yeah, like, I mean, that's the reason why he did it, though, was to save Claire. I think, like, I'm not one of those people who's, like, lost it and explain everything and blah, blah, blah. But, like, this is honestly one of, like, my, like, bones I have with this. Like, the whole thing is he chooses to die because, like, Desmond has a vision of Claire getting on a helicopter. Which, like, I don't feel like we ever, that never really gets paid off in a satisfying way. If he saw her. Yeah, something else must have happened. Like to stop that from like if he had seen her, did she look like she looked in season six? Because like I feel like that would have come up like yeah she got a helicopter, but she was looking rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I wonder if like MIB who's like becomes Christian so that she'll come with him like sort of intervenes knowing that she's supposed to get on the helicopter and he like doesn't want her her to for some reason because you know when he's Locke in season six he uses her a lot and so I feel like maybe he's like this is a like something that I can use this is a tool for me and so I don't want her to leave and maybe like that's the reason why it doesn't happen like Desmond and Charlie like go out there and after Charlie dies then Christian then, like, steps in. Right, and we know that, like, Desmond says that, like, if things, like, you can't try to change things because then things will change or whatever, like, you can't interact, like, that changes the course of destiny. Yeah. But 
Yeah. Also, I think part of what makes it extra annoying is like every other vision, as far as I can remember, that Desmond has in the show is like a vision of the fairly immediate future. You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas yes. this thing doesn't happen. Like it's a vision of something that happens much later. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, why is that the only vision he had of something that happened much later? Yeah, I agree. These are totally fair criticisms. And like all the visions, it's like Charlie is in the vision, like in the vision when the thing is happening. Which like, so you envisioned him dying and you had the vision of them getting on the helicopter in which Charlie wasn't there. And you just knew right. that fundamentally those two things are interconnected. Like correlated, yeah. Like, uh... That's fair. That's a completely That's fair totally criticism. totally fair. I feel like if you're gonna have a whole character's death be like, I'm doing this because Claire is going to live. Right. Like, then you you should pay that off properly. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. Um, and speaking of getting no payoff, um, we have no idea what happened with this freaking bird. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe what you thought Kim happened is that it just like landed in the water and it became all soggy and was gone. I mean, yeah, it's a bird that goes near water and it's a paper thing. Like, if it makes it all the way there, even if it doesn't, because like, did they put it in like a little glass vial or anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. That's hysterical. Like, I don't want to, I'm not that person who's like that literalist yeah. about it, but like, come on. <laughs> but what's really cool is that on Lostpedia, someone mentioned that like, ultimately, if it had been found, nothing that is said in that note goes against what the Oceanic Six say was true in season no. four. Other, yeah. than, other than them knowing about the Fiji thing. She says we were supposed to like land in Fiji or whatever. The Oceanic Six say that like, they like the pilot didn't, didn't live, whatever. Um, Like, mm-hmm. we, they would have no way of actually knowing that. So yeah, but other than that, we, we have no idea what happens with the with that bird like at this point in the outside world chronologically like they all think that like has the underground plane crash been discovered they all think everyone's dead at this point that's a good question i feel like probably or shortly after my brain goes back like um sort of like working backwards in my brain is frank lapidus sees that footage on the tv and then is like that's not seth norris because i was supposed to be flying that plane and i know who seth norris is and then he ends up on the freighter so mm-hmm. my question would be is the freighter already on its way here and my and i think yes i think so too so i would say yes i mean because like everyone on the freighter because oh yes because naomi because in a like, few episodes naomi drops down and she knows about it so. naomi's this season yeah, at the end of Yeah, and Daniel says, like, y- y- your idea of how long people have been gone. Like, so he clearly knows quite a bit. Yeah. Naomi gets killed at the end of this season. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, RIP. I forgot. My bad. Uh, okay, so in the flashbacks. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, she wakes up after the crash somehow. Something to do with island magic, question mark? I have no idea. Sure. Um, I don't have a whole lot of flashback spoilers just because, like, this is the last Claire episode. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've got for spoilers there. Does anybody else have anything else they wanted to mention before we, uh, before we end this year? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, Kim, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, you always have like such good thoughts and I really appreciate you. I just want everyone to give people some slack. 
week. (laughs) I am genuinely cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on for Meet Kevin Johnson. Oh, it's going to be so good. Uh, My like live tweet of season one is just like every other tweet is like, cut your dad some slack, Walt. He is trying. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that. Well, I mean, there's so many, and we all know this, that there's like a lot of Michael hate out there for, you know, semi-fair reasons for some of the things that he does. They did him dirty. But the perfect person to have on Meet Kevin Johnson is a person who loves Michael. And so I am so thrilled that we'll we'll have you for that one. Yay. We need a Michael stand. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love him. I'll defend him forever. I also, like, I have, this is unrelated to this episode, but you guys will know because you're lost nerds. Okay, Mm -hmm. so if the smoke monster can only present himself as people who, like, the bodies that are on the island, right? Uh Okay, so Ben sees his mom. His mom's body's not on the island, right? That's correct. Also, and then Loxie's Walt. So, like, are those both, like, separate hallucinations? <laughs> okay, so I I don't know lot, about... Lots one unsolved things right I, there. I don't know about Ben's mom thing. I, I have a feeling that that was... Hallucination? Honestly, I'm going to have to figure that out when we get to Man from Tal... Or uh, <laughs> to Man Behind the Curtain and, like, try and do more thought on that. The Walt thing, I am convinced, was either actually Walt's magic... Or Jacob. And I think that we like made a decision in our spoiler section of Abandoned, but I can't remember which one we landed on. Jacob can present himself as other people? I know that MIB can. I don't know what all Jacob can do. I mean, he's all, he's Jacob, capital J. Who knows? I think that our whole thing was trying to figure out exactly what the goal of this, like, Walt vision was. And if it, like, had something to do with what Jacob probably wanted, then it was probably Jacob. But if not, then it was probably Walt. And so, yeah, we had a whole conversation about that, but I don't remember what Jacob we Jacob does on. crap like that to get people to do what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, speaking of um, Jacob, by the way, because we were talking about Hope earlier and how, yeah, know, I love TV shows. Hope. I just love it. Like his whole ethos later, but it's like it only ends once. Everything up until then is just progress. I'm like, his yeah. whole thing is like, don't give up on people. Hope. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole I'm just show. like, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. No worries. Um, if you guys want to follow Kim, uh, her information will be in the description. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeff. That's R B Y N E J E F F R E Y. Pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. You can follow us at The Aficionados all over the place. Um, like we said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you love us enough to give us money, we really appreciate it because we need it. <laughs> Vancouver is expensive. <laughs> so expensive and we put in a lot of work so we do appreciate it if you do uh, it's okay if you don't recommend us to a friend Thank yeah you. downloads are free yeah okay love you bye okay love you bye, okay, love you, bye. that's for what